Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we we had finished recording our episode for the week, and then unfortunately, this news did break, and we didn't want to not acknowledge it, but we did want to uh, explain why we're not going to be mentioning it in the episode that you're hearing. So we wanted to give this time quickly to mention the unfortunate, tragic death of Oscar Freyer, GCU basketball player, died tragically in a car accident. Uh, Nico, just want to give a quick statement about the situation being a GCU grad? Of course, yeah. I mean, look, it's it's been a tough week, and that's or a tough couple of days to start the week. It's between what happened in Boulder to obviously hearing this news after we just finished recording the episode you're about to hear. I mean, look, I Oscar was was one of the most down to earth people. I, I got a chance to meet him a few times, and then one of the great GCU basketball players I can I can remember the dude can hop out the gym and he he was this he was always a person that that got the crowd going whatever it may be and as, as a GCU Havoc I think we all can remember either him going out flying out for a hope or him having a or a, tur- a turn swat on the other end or whatever or whatever it may be and um it's it's just it's just it's chilling it's it's hard to put into words obviously I want to give condolences to his family and to all his close friends and to the GC community as well. Um, it's something not easy to go through. He, um, we, Jimmy, and I just, just casted the game that he was playing three days ago and he had a trail, a trail block that I vividly remember and him swatting the hell out of the ball, out of the ball on, on a breakaway layup. And that was just the player he was, the type of person he was. He never gave up and always gave his all whenever he put on the purple, black and white. So um, I just, it's not an easy one. Like I said, rest in, rest in peace, Oscar. It's, it's not the, like I said, it's, it's, it's an eye-opening thing, obviously, everything that's happened this past couple of days with that happened up in Boulder and then here as well. Love your, hug your loved ones, be there for one another, um, and, and just cherish everything you have because, like I said, anything can be taken away in, in an instant. And um, I, just, I, I know we recorded this after we recorded, so um, you'll hear a little bit more about the Boulder stuff here in a minute. Um, but, but we wanted to put this in there and give a shout-out Oscar and the incredible life he lived and the incredible basketball player he was and um, dedicate this episode to all 10 victims of the Boulder um, shooting and then as well to Oscar um, may you rest in power yeah dedicated to all those people be sure to tell the ones that you love you love them while you can and now uh, let's hopefully start banding together and get through this and, and listen to this episode because it's a it's a good one so let's get into episode 33. Benchwarmers, episode 33 of the Far End of the Bench podcast with Jimmy Pilato and Nico Bryant. And we got a jam-packed episode. Lots of content coming your way this week in general because we have a couple. We have another doubleheader coming up on ColorCast. We're doing the Houston-Syracuse game with Buddy Buckets Saturday night. And then we are also doing Sunday, the first game on Sunday, Gonzaga and uh, Creighton. Creighton, Gonzaga and Creighton. So we'll be on ColorCast again this weekend. Moving on in their caster showdown, we're in the Sweet 16. We want to move into the Elite Eight. So be sure to use the app, the link in our bio at Pod to download the app and then check us out there. And then we'll also be Instagramming live the men's rec league playoffs that are happening Thursday night. So you hear, heard us talk about it 
for the last few weeks, you'll finally get to see some of us on the action live. Uh, and if we get up by 13, I'm going to go into one of the games. So it's uh, going to yeah, be. I, we'll argue about that, but yeah, maybe we'll try to get you in the game. It's going to be uh, an interesting thing. Be sure to check out the Instagram live at FEOTB pod. Uh, for, as far as the podcast, that's where you can follow us, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Far End of the Bench, and ring the notification bell because we have clips coming out three times a week there. Uh, and I think we follow the network on Twitter at Network Unhinged, Instagram at Unhinged SN. And other than that, listen to us live on the Unhinged Sports Network Wednesdays from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern, unhingedsn.airtime.pro. I think that's everything. If not, we'll probably get to it in the episode. Uh, how's your bracket, Nico? Jimmy, it is, like I said, burnt. It is thrown out the window, gone forever. So I'm the basketball guy now? Uh, you might have to be because right. my I am terrible at picking these teams. I guess I'm the basketball guy. Now it's time for Far End of the Bench, episode 33, with Nico Bryant and the basketball guy. Beautiful girls tell me goodbye. Trucks break down, dogs run off, politicians lie being fired by the Ladies and gentlemen, man, my center of attention this week, it's going to come in firing because look, there's been March Madness all weekend long. There has been nothing but college basketball on my screen. It's Tuesday. I don't know what, I didn't know what to do today, basically, because I've been watching basketball constantly the past four days. But I gotta talk about something that is a little bit, a little bit out there, and probably will get a lot of stirring up. But in my opinion, college basketball has better competition than college football. Hear me out. When it comes to college basketball, there are teams that no one has either heard of or that are either bottom of their conference and projections that can make runs and that always seem to have a chance. When it comes to March Madness, doesn't matter if you're a small school in Iowa, doesn't matter if you're Alabama, you have a shot when it comes to the tournament. Because look, when it comes to college football, there are four teams only in the playoff. And besides that, the ratings on the college, the bowl games and when it goes for that is usually only either fans of the team or diehard college football fans. When it comes to March Madness, you get Everybody in and everybody has a chance and they feel like they can upset somebody. That's why, like my Lopes, I'm wearing a GCU shirt now, or my jersey here. And even though we got our asses kicked by Iowa, I still felt like we had a chance. And I'll tell you right now, if you're a smaller school in college football, there is you have zero chance of beating Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, whoever it may be. And that's just the way college football has been set up like that. It's unfortunate, but that's just the way we are. College basketball is allowing teams that – like Oregon State, who were projected to be last in the Pac-12 to make a deep run in the Pac-12 tournament and then upset a five seed and then upset another team as well and make it to the Sweet 16. You don't see that in college football. It's just the fact of the matter it is. I wish we could see that, but college football has gone to the point where I'm saying seeing the same four teams on my screen. And In college basketball, although it may not be as entertaining as the Final Four and when it comes to college football, I I can feel like I know that some of these big schools can get knocked off, and I don't have that feeling when it comes to college football. And so, yeah, that's my center of attention week. Yeah, it's a little out there, but that's just the way I am because, I mean, I've been watching college basketball, like I said, for years now, and I feel like college football could do better when it comes to building up programs other than the top four, and that's just how it goes. 
This episode of The Far End of the Bench with Jimmy Pilato and Nico Bryant is presented by the Unhinged Sports Network in partnership with Fanatics and Fubo TV. Man, do we do we have do we have a fun episode for you for ahead of us, Jimmy? Don't we? Oh yeah, I mean we we got a lot to talk about with your center of attention, and then just there was bas- there was a little basketball tournament going on oh, the N- the NIT the NIT oh, was NIT, going on the not in the tournament tournament yeah the, well fuck the not in the tournament <laughs> tournament cut off a portion of my wrestling championships so uh, up yours ESPN I, I, I can't but, blame you I'm not I, look I I'd be pissed too it's, yeah they should yeah. they shouldn't be airing that it, it, when the national championships are on that's true yeah it was it was dis- disappointing uh, but then there we got UFC coming up as well so there's a lot to get to unfortunately. Um, we got something else that we have to kind of address before we get into the fun part of the episode, before we get to start talking about sports. Um, and that's what we're going to do, just putting that out there. We're not we're not going to dwell on anything, and we're not being disrespectful or anything to somebody who is affected by what we're going to talk about. But we do want to offer that kind of a escape and just a, a different thing that you can listen to um, instead of having to continue to go back on it. So you, you can go ahead. Of course, ahead. yeah. So Monday afternoon um, in, in Boulder, there was a shooting in the King Supers. Um, both of us have friends who either went to Boulder or still currently live up there. So um, we, we wanted to give um, kudos to all those names and all those families that were affected, and I mean, telling them that our thoughts and prayers are with all of them, um, that that we are always we're, – we're Colorado is one big community between – um, the Columbine shooting long, long ago and, and the Aurora Theater shooting. And, on, I mean, you could go on and on. And um, everyone that's been affected, just know you have a community behind you, including us, that, that no matter what happens, although um, although you may be not feeling it right now, just know that we're all behind you and that we all love and cherish everything about this beautiful state, including the people in it. Yeah, it's... Um... Not necessarily something that I'd like to, it's unfortunately something that Colorado has been very familiar with. I'm not going to say known for because that's not something you should be known for and it's not something that we're proud of, but for whatever reason, taking a random mundane event like going to the movies or going to the grocery store, you kind of take your life in your hands and we're going to have to figure out a way to hopefully, I know that we'll get past this, hopefully we find a way to try and prevent stuff like this from happening in the future. Um, but I mean, yeah, yesterday sucked. Uh, Monday yeah. is not fun. An yeah. officer was killed, first or sixth officer ever on that Boulder Police Department to be killed in the line of duty. Um, so yeah, there's a lot that was messed up with Monday afternoon. It is, it, it is what it is. That's the world we live in. The most important thing is, although we, we may be locked inside, we may be, um, we, we may have weird stuff going on around us, but the most important thing that we all should take from this especially is to um, cherish every single moment, cherish the people you have around you, cherish the things you get to do, like Jimmy and I getting to do the show, um, cherish cherish what you have, because like I said, life is way too short, and um, just just be there for one another. It's, it's, it's like I said, we'll, we'll all get through this, and we'll all get past it, I know. Yeah, we're just going to stand up together and, wipe our face off and keep moving forward so i mean that's what we've been doing we're finally that's the other thing we're finally getting more closer to everything being normal again ball arena just announced that we're gonna be able to start having fans at some point and uh and stuff like this happens again but hey it's it's never gonna go away so we might as well just keep moving forward right yeah and work work with another and be there for one another. that's the most important thing all right um, and like we said, our our hearts go out to everybody that was affected, all of the 10 people who were 
murdered, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing the the justice carried out and everything like that. I know that they'll handle it. Um, all right, let's stay in Colorado because uh, I th- I think we should start off. Obviously, everybody knows what the main topic that we're going to be talking about is, which is March Madness tournament. Actually, let's go back to your center of attention because I told you that includes we're going to have Madness yeah, tournament, it, it does. We're going to have some some differences on this and it's mainly because your affiliation I, I know you love football but you're obviously a college basketball fan I'm a very big college football fan I wouldn't necessarily say there's I honestly I get what you're saying and I do think that what you what you were saying in your center of attention there definitely is not a team in college football that could do what Oral Roberts did or anything like that I will say that it's not because football specifically has made the talent gap that big. It's only because football takes so many, so much more people working together. It's very difficult to get. Uh, who, who, what's the guy's name from Ohio? What's Lamelo? Um, Jason Pearson. Yeah, Pearson. you're you're really not going to be. You can have one of those guys on a on a lower level program that ends up probably going to be a pro and everything like that. But a guy like that playing at Division two is not going to be able to take his team and compete against the major Division One program easily in football like you can in basketball because basketball is five guys on the floor for your team, and you can kind of dominate a game with one person. Football, it comes down to the talent level of your team, and we've seen that, and that's where the discrepancy lies. It's not that football is pushing the Division One conferences that much farther, and, and basketball is better at keeping everybody honest. I, I think that it's just a – it's a logistics thing in a team, like how many people are on the team, how difficult the sport, different the sports are. I completely see see that argument 100%. The one thing I would argue against that is what about a team like BYU with Zach Wilson? Zach Wilson has the game of his life against a number two seed, whatever it may be. BYU has a chance they could upset a team like that. Mm-hmm. When it comes to certain positions like the quarterback position or a middle linebacker, that that can affect a certain way. I feel like there's there's not that opportunity to do that in college football. When it comes to college basketball, like like I said, one of the things that I love about March Madness that makes it so much more better than the college football bowl season and then the Final Four is that these smaller schools get their names in the front of the lights. When it comes to bowl season, most of the bowls are on ESPN three. Like, look, they are in the depths of hell on ESPN. I, I wouldn't know because that's those are the only channels that I ever have on the TV. So, so. when it comes when it comes to these lower schools, they get a chance and they feel like every single year that they can beat whoever they want and that they can make a run. When it, every single the last the worst team in college basketball, there's still a chance for that team to do something with that season because they can go on a run and even though they're ranked in the preseason as the worst team in college basketball, quote unquote. And then they can still feel like, you know what? I think we can still win our conference. All we have to do is beat this team, beat this team, beat this team. And then we get into the big dance. And then get into the big dance and look what could happen. So that's 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 why I think that's why I think the that's why I think March Madness is so much more successful. I think college football, obviously I've been I'm a big barker on it being more than four teams. I think that should happen within the next ten years at least. Um, but when it comes to that, like like look, these lower programs, there's a reason why Alabama gets ridiculed for playing. Um, I I can't even think of the name like Liberty or some of these smaller schools in their schedule. The it's Citadel. Co- the Citadel. There you go. The the Citadel. There's that's a reason. basic. That's like the one that everybody plays. They just go around Division One programs. Oh, thank you, thank you, sir. May I have another? Exactly. And look, 
that's cool for those preseason games, but nobody's gonna watch those games, right? Nobody throws on unless you're a die. Okay, unless you're a diehard <laughs> college football fan or a diehard Alabama fan, yeah. you're more than likely not sitting through the whole Alabama Citadel game. That's just the fact of the matter. It is when it comes to college basketball, an Oral Roberts for an Ohio, versus an Ohio State game, I'm gonna throw on because you know what? This this kid, they have one kid who's actually really good, and he can possibly shock the world. And that's exactly what happens. That's where college basketball has the difference between college football because I'm watching five or six of the same teams compete for four spots. Yeah, uh, and I'm and I'm and in uh, college basketball, I'm I'm seeing an absolute wars where teams players may not the skill level. Don't wait, right, hold on. So before I get into that. The skill level, don't get me wrong, is not the same. College football is higher. Yeah. But college basketball, there's more competitiveness and more, a way that teams can feel like that they have a shot. And in college football, there's not that. I honestly I'm I'm not I'm looking at it from your your side and I'm not going to see it be able to see it from that side because we are the two opposite demographics. <laughs> or Roberts in Ohio State on the basketball court does nothing for me. But I will sit there and watch uh, Memphis play Western Kentucky in the Bahama Bowl every single year. The sports, same. It, it's a really a similar difference between the NFL and the NBA, and that's the NBA favors the superstars over the team. You buy people's jerseys. I don't. I don't know how many people that I know are that are LeBron fans over team fans. And then the NFL pushes the jersey more than anything. That's why you hate guys when they leave your team and everything like that. Sim- similarly, in college football, they got into companies sponsoring single events and not one big event. Mm-hmm. Like, if they would have started off with a tournament in college football, that they probably we probably see a similar thing. So I, I don't know. I think that I mean, don't... I, I'm picturing a world where we do have a March Madness style football tournament, and I do see there. There's definitely possibility for a lot of upsets. Teams could be shocked and everything like that. But I'm probably just thinking that it's going to work out because that's what I want. I, th- I think that that would be great. And I do think that, I mean, obviously I played at a, a lower level, but I definitely played against a couple CSU Pueblo teams that I think could go up to the big sky and, and do some damage. Uh, that's the Division One AA. So I don't I don't know. I, I, I mean, that's, that's look, I, I love college football. Don't get me wrong. I love everything about college football. I love watching the games. But, like, if you're a casual fan and you, and you go to a school like Loyola Chicago, for instance, and you go to a school like Loyola Chicago who doesn't have a football program. It's a bad school to choose if you're a football fan. Yeah, you don't. You, they don't have a football program. I'm pretty sure, and they're lower end. But like, you you're still gonna root for your team at basketball. You're mm-hmm. still like even you you go to that university. You're still a fan of that. When it comes to college football, like if you don't go to Alabama or if you don't go to Notre Dame, Clemson, um, what Oklahoma, whatever it may be, it's kind of harder to get into the top four unless you're a diehard fan. Like unless you're a diehard fan that necessarily wants to watch the games in full and that you're trying to watch the best teams play, you know who the top four is going to be. Like preseason is there's very little discrepancy when it comes to the preseason yeah, pool and the, the final on, pool. The only the, the only one that I think probably wasn't there is probably Notre Dame. Yeah, like the, the, there's very little change in the top four. You know who's going to be at the top unless they lose a wild game against a conference opponent. Then that then we'll then that's the only way we see it happening. But either than that, like college basketball, we're going to see some weird final four. Like it is good. Like one one of these one of these four teams is going to be in the final: Houston, Syracuse, Loyola Chicago, and 
Oregon State. One of those four teams are going to be in the Final Four. What, if about, you to- U- what about UCLA? No, no, no that, that's just one of the regions. Oh. So one of those four teams will be in the Final Four out of that region. And if you told me beforehand that that region that was headed by Illinois, one of those four teams were going to make it, I would be like, you're smoking crack. Like, there's no shot in hell. But like now there's a shot at that and that one of these school, lower-level schools can get their name notoriety. Because that's one of the things that about college basketball that make in this tournament makes it so much more intriguing is these schools that don't have necessarily the funds and their program wins some of these games. People now look at Oral Roberts like a university, like wow, that school is not too far away from me. Why the hell would I not go there? That's that. That's what helps build schools and builds programs is by by having their team do well in the March Madness and college football. As much as the fun of those bowl games can be, they're not doing that. No, the bowl games are way more fun for the players. What we're really saying, what you're really arguing for, we have March Madness. Give me a fall frenzy. This where is we, 100%. 16, if, if there was a 16 to 32 team tournament in college football, it would knock it out of the socks. Yeah. Just, like, there's just, the, football is just, does not, is not on the same level when it comes to getting those viewers from the outside in. Uh, I mean, I think if you put together a 32-team tournament for college football, you're gonna rack in the money. Everybody will watch every single game. The, yes. There's something about Americans in football; it doesn't matter. Like the XFL last year, people were like, "Whoa!" The they pulled a 1.5 million for their first games. Like, yeah, people. We just watched the Super Bowl and realized that the NFL season's over, so we needed something else to watch with exactly. a ball on grass. That's all I needed. Um, that's what we're give us a fall frenzy. That's what we want. 100. All right, let's get into some of the recap from the week. Uh, a lot of stuff happened that I think is pretty good for your team. I think a lot of great stuff. Yes, happened from yeah. I team. mean the Darby. So they, I don't even think we mentioned that they signed Ronald Darby, but the Broncos signed Ronald Darby to their cornerback room. Good, probably more of a number two corner if you're going to be honest, just talent level wise. I would say very similar to AJ Bouye because yep. AJ Bouye was a Pro Bowler, but that was only for a season. He's much more of a, a number two guy. Then you signed Kyle Fuller. Who, who is a Pro Bowl type corner? I so. think he's a All Pro. All Pro. Yeah. I think he was an All Pro last season, and he's from Vic Fangio, Fangio's defense mm-hmm. in in Chicago. Perfect, perfect thing to do. Match made heaven. Hopefully, you prove something to him, and then he wants to stay around because I think that that's that's where the kind of conversation comes in as to what you're going to do. But let's finish out the the signings because then. They work out a deal with Justin Simmons. They gave him four years, $61 million, and 35 of that is guaranteed. So they did make a big commitment to him, which is what George Payton said that he wanted to do as soon as he came to Denver. And then they also, I mean, they cut Kareem Jackson and then re-signed, re-signed him. Restructured his deal. For like half of what the money he was going to make. So that that gives some rumors now over to the Deshaun Watson thing. Like that might still be in play. And then also don't forget Shelby Harris also. Resigned. Yeah. I mean, Shelby Harris is getting re-signed everything, too. everything right now. With the Broncos going in the positive direction, except for one thing. And that's the hometown boy leaving. Yeah. The hometown that hurts so much. Like I'm going to tell you right now, Phil Lindsay, seeing Phil Lindsay in a different uniform is going to hurt next year. But you brought in a guy who might be a little bit more versatile and like Boone. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be able to play special teams. Because that's I look. I'm I'm hopeful that Melvin Gordon doesn't turn the ball over. That's all I care about. Because look, Phil Lindsay didn't turn the ball over once in three years with the Broncos, and Mike and Melvin Gordon fumbled the ball five times, four or five times last year in 16 games. That's that's where I'm at. Because look, ball, job security is ball security, or ball, okay. ball security is job security. Okay, Brock. Like, okay, Brock. Look, I mean, look, that's just that's just fair. That, Brock that's, Osweiler, you're gonna win the you're gonna win the uh, press conference and then go get a starting job in Houston. 
I mean, look. I mean, shout out Louis Vasquez who who blocked for for him, former guest of the podcast. Yeah, but look, I mean, the Broncos. Look now, the draft is going to be completely different. I we think thought, this this poses a lot of different questions. Because look now, draft. I think the option for the Broncos is you may trade back because look, it's all offense up front unless you draft a quarterback, which is still within the realm of possibility. There's not a corner because you don't need a corner. You do not need a corner. You have you have Callahan, Fuller, Darby, and now also Ojemudia, who was one of the better, one of the most underrated rookie quarterbacks He's, last year. Ojemudia is probably moving back to the slot now. Yeah, maybe, so so there's four corners that Callahan. are all absolute studs, and then you have both safety positions locked up. So George Patton said, "You know what? I see our weakness, and I'm going to attack it." And that's exactly what he did. He's like, you know what? I'm going to address that right away. So that way in the draft, we have flexibility. Because now, look, arguably the Broncos have the best um, DBs and outside linebacker core in the NFL. When it comes to Vaughn Miller, Bradley Chubb, and then having Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons over the top, and then those three corners on the outside. Arguably, that's one of the better. Broncos will be a top five defense next year. I'm, t- I'm calling it right now. Between Shelby Harris up front and those corners, that structure, especially this division, that's exactly what you needed. The, the George Patton saw, like I've been saying it for weeks, George Patton saw what the Buccaneers did to beat um, the Chiefs in the Super Bowl and said, you know what, we're going to remodel just exactly like this. You have your Indominus Sue, Vita Vea, and Shelby Harris, and Draymond Jones. Then you have the edge rushers and Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Then you have the guys over the top that can lock anybody up. And then you have corners who will buy into the system, like Kyle Fuller did in, with Chicago, in Chicago with Vic Fangio. The only thing now is the offense needs to get in the right place. You also need two badass linebackers to sit and cover the middle of the field. I mean, well, having having Kareem Jackson and Justin Sims over the top helps. Travis Kelsey did have some of his worst games of the season against the Broncos. Travis, well, Travis Kelsey also got shut down in the Super Bowl by the linebackers, not anybody else. So, that, so that's that's, that's the position. That's but, where I think this whole the Kyle Fuller it being a one year deal, I think, kind of gives you. It doesn't give you as clear of a picture of what they're going to do in the draft because that one-year deal, yes, I know that the hope is to probably re-sign him and there's a crapshoot as to whether Patrick Sertan or Grady or one of these other top cornerbacks is going to be as good as him. But if you only have him for one year and you can get a Patrick Sertan in the first round where you get the fifth-year option and get to keep him around, that might bolster that room. Yes, your room got a lot better for the short term, but you can keep it better for a lot longer. And then there's also Micah Parsons from Penn State, who I don't think if they traded further back than 12, I don't think that Mark, Micah Parsons would be there. And uh, Jeremiah Akuso Makamura. The guy you picked now going number two, right? Is that no, the- no, that's uh, that's a, that was an edge rusher. These are these are inside <laughs> linebackers. Uh, he's the he's the stud from Notre Dame, but he's more of a. Honestly, that's what I, I really think. If the Broncos right now, if they had a linebacker who could run sideline to sideline, cover tight ends and, and something like that, like a Danny Trevathan who was here, a Devin White, a Devin Bush. I mean, people look, I think people are sleeping on Alexander Johnson and Joseph Jewell. Yes, they're not your flashy middle linebackers. Yes, it'd probably be nicer to have one more guy. I'd, but like, I think that those two did a very, very good job last year. I take rugby, Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller and George Kittle over the combined efforts of Alexander I, I, Johnson. I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. But our run defense, and that's what you want out of your middle linebacker. You can have those safeties over the top to help with those tight ends. But our run defense was very good, led by – Shelby Harris being in the middle and our run defense being that much better like that's exactly what you want your middle linebacker obviously it'd be nice for them to be able to cover tight ends but that's just a royalty 
the middle linebacker's most important job is keeping the run game in check. And we didn't really have many teams drop 500 yards on us. We held, I believe, Derrick Henry to 50 yards the first week. And we were one of the few teams that were able to do that. Yeah, I think that there's uh, – honestly, the positions that you need are pretty deep this year in the draft. So they may they might have positioned themselves now to uh, – I think, honestly, if I'm being honest, what we may see a better possibility is the Broncos trade back and get either back in the late first round or early second and pick up a guy like Najee Harris and then pair him with the linebacker out of Alabama too. I think it's Mac Wilson is the other linebacker. I, I thought Mac Wilson came out. Or there was another – I can't think of his name. Um, but there's another there's – Dickerson. No, no, Dickerson's offensive off lineup. Where the hell is he? Landon um, Dickerson? No, he, that's the O-line. Yeah. Dylan Moses. There it is. Dylan Moses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the other linebacker that has been Broncos have been projected in the second round to pick up. In the so, second round. Yeah. yeah. So if you're the Broncos, why the hell not try to go get a running back that you can have another down back alongside Melvin Gordon because is his last year of his deal. And then that Najee Harris might be the, the sealed, be able to seal the deal. And then you get another guy um, in the middle like Dylan Moses who has big game experience. I think that's more likely. I mean, Sertan would be nice, but like – I really think get, that they should go linebacker now yeah. with the way they position it's just, there's themselves. Not, there's not enough guys at nine. Like, you can get – Micah Parsons is a top five pick. What should be a top five pick just based on talent, and I would say it's uh, Jeremiah owusu Moa is from Notre Dame. And then also Zayvon Collins from Tulsa. Those three guys are legit top 10, top 10 to 15 and then I think Michael Parsons and Owusu Kamoramora are top five. Michael Parsons is probably going to be the first guy off defensively. I think Michael Parsons will be and the first sitting, linebacker. We're sitting at nine, so I don't know how likely that is. That's the only thing. Because, look, the top five off of rumors have been four out of five are going to be quarterbacks. That would be so shitty. Well, I mean, it'd, for, it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd be nice for you because Penny Sula well, dropping her yeah, lap. Yeah, no, I, I really do just want – and as soon as Penny gets drafted, I'm going to get a Penny Sula Bengals jersey. Yes, before I get a Burrow jersey, but – I don't know. There's, I think that there's a couple linebackers that you could think about taking at nine or maybe – I really don't know if you want to trade back further than 15 and pick up a second-round pick because you'll be able to do that. I'm not sure who's 15th right now, but there's definitely a team that you can kind of move to that position. And and I, th- I think you're right. I think that they've done – honestly, I, I think this the Justin Simmons deal was the most important thing George Payton could get done because that shows that they have a legitimate need to keep their best players around that. And the Von Miller deal showed that they're going to bring in, they're going to keep their studs yeah, there's a, there's and they're going to re- pay their studs. Like, like I said this in, in one of my um, blogs is like, there's a, or not blogs. I tweeted this out was one of the reasons why the Broncos organization as shitty as we are on the field at times, there's still so much respect for it because look, they treat their stars, right? Von Miller, he took a he took a lesser deal, but the Broncos came to him and be like, you know, we'll give you added bonuses on top of it because we know you're going to come back firing. People like Justin Simmons, you get taken care of. The Broncos organization, they're not like the Texans. When your star players play well, you get you get rewarded the right way, and that's why that's why Kyle Fuller came here out of all places. He could have went to Baltimore, he could have went to Tampa Bay, he could have went anywhere else. But you know what? He saw what Vic Fangio has over here and sees that the Broncos treat their players that play well the right way, and that's why this is an intriguing spot for players. And I mean, his deals—it's a one-year, nine and a half million-dollar deal, and nine of it is guaranteed. So, a lot of times when you see the one-year deals. Most of it can be just taken away. You don't normally see a, a only 
if they voided the contract, they would still owe him nine million dollars and and only five hundred thousand. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, five hundred thousand would be voided. So that's a good thing that they're doing. But I I do think signing George Payton to a six year deal, so he has a little bit of time, and it's not. Oh yeah, we brought in this new GM on a two year deal. Fix it. Yeah, he, what? he has he has the time to bring in the right people. And he's, the right he, he was the assistant GM in in Minnesota for so long. He knows everybody. That's another yeah. like he's never been a GM himself, but it's very similar to like Howie Roseman who built the Philadelphia championship team. Yeah, he, Hopefully it doesn't go like the way Howie Roseman's career went after he built the Super Bowl team, but he yeah, got he, brought in, had trust in the organization and they let him put together a roster that they could be competitive. And he's one of the people that brought in Anthony Barr, brought it that drafted um Dalvin Cook. That he dra- was a big component in signing Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins and I mean, uh, although that didn't work out. But well, I mean, big component also drafting Justin Jefferson last mm-hmm. year. Justin Jefferson probably arguably the best rookie last year. Um he was a big component of that. So like obviously I'll tell you they've done. had some pretty they drafted a pretty damn good offensive line in yeah. Minnesota too. Dalvin Cook is a good running back, but he has a pretty good offensive line that he's been running behind. So, so he's um, a good Broncos I mean you guys right got direction. a really good that GM signing. We didn't get to talk about it a whole bunch cuz there was other stuff going on, but that, George Payton was a good signing for you. Mm-hmm. I was it's a guy, it's the kind of guy that I wish the Bengals would would sign and let Mike Brown just stop using everything that he wants with that team. I don't know. Yeah, the Broncos are at least in the – like, I see a direction now. Yeah. It was it was very, very vague for about five years. Now I see a direction, That's and true. I'm very, very happy about it. Now all you need to do is have somebody own the team, and, and everything will be fixed. It's very true. But you got Elway out of out of the, the one seat, so you're able to move forward. And you got out of the one seat and then into the other one, because remember, he promoted himself. Yeah, he fired. <laughs> he had to walk into his new office like, John, you want to see me? Yeah, uh, why don't you go ahead and sit down? Like, I know we had the great run five years ago. It was an awesome Super Bowl season, but uh, we didn't handle the quarterback situation very well, and, and honestly, you haven't made a, a good decision since. I understand. Yeah, I understand. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go turn in my desk and uh, go turn my things down with HR. Yeah, like no, uh, no, uh, we're 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 giving you a better promotion. We're promoting you. We're firing you from GM so that we could hire you as Grand Poobah of football operations. Yeah, we're 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 giving you less responsibility but a better job with more pay. And John was like, "Really?" I'm like, "All right, okay." This is the best firing. This is the best time I've ever been fired in my life. Uh, all right, so that's we'll just that's where we'll stop with the NFL talk. There's been some other pretty big free agent things go down. Uh, but a lot of people, like we were projecting, there's a lot of really good veterans. That's what Kyle Fuller was, where they got cut by their team for salary cap casualty and, and got picked up. Yeah, that's not going to be the last thing. So we'll keep you up to date. And I think I have a blog about NFL free agency coming up. So unhingedsn.com and uh, check out the all the daily blogging content that's there for the network. Yeah, I mean, look, we like it, now I mean, we'll, get, we'll jump into NBA talk where I've been writing so many blogs about, but be sure to go check all those out because Jimmy and I, I write. I got th- Nico to write. Yeah, I got I write three times a week now. As much as I, I'm a pain in the ass when I give them to Jimmy, I, I still I still get them to him, and we, we are able to get some good content out for you guys, more than just a show. Yeah, so go be sure to check out just the network website along with the unhingedsn.airtime.pro um, for the unhinged sports content. All right, NBA. Basically, the biggest thing that we have to talk about that nobody – it was a great time for him to get injured because nobody knew about it. Everybody because was, nobody knows basketball news is going on. Her NBA news is going on yeah, outside of March Madness. Everybody was all coked out on March Madness, so we didn't even realize. LeBron's hurt. 
badly too. Yeah, it's he, not he, good. This is going to be a possibly a three month recovery, two three month recovery. Ouch! And the Lakers are in trouble. Yeah, you know they, they. We talked about them a couple weeks ago, where they're no, they were no longer the first seed in the West, and now they're even lower than that. Like the Clippers and the Jazz are firmly out in front of them. I mean. The West is so competitive that there's still a couple. They could go a couple games in the win column and get bumped up into second or first, but they can also drop out of the oh, playoff picture. They, they are currently only four and a half games outside the seven seed and five and a half out of the eight seed. And listen, so this is their starting lineup without Anthony Davis and LeBron James. I looked this up because I thought this was just this is not real. Their starting lineup is Dennis Schroeder, um, Kyle Kuzma, Talon Horton Tucker, Damian Jones, and KCP. That lineup can't beat the Houston Rockets, who just lost 20 in a row. I think we're going to play that lineup Thursday in the playoffs of the rec league, right? Yeah, I mean, look, that lineup cannot win you basketball games. Mm-hmm. Like, that's 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 not going to be something that this Lakers team can withstand. If they can somehow stick within the playoff picture without LeBron AD, then it'll be a miracle. But look out, because if the Lakers come back in three months when the playoffs start and they're a seven seed – or a six seed, and the Clippers are a three seed. We won't see no Battle of L.A. Western Conference. We'll see a Battle of L.A. first round. Ouch. Yeah, no. and that's a nightmare matchup. If you're the if you're the Suns, Jazz, Clippers, throw the um, Trailblazers into that too, who are the five seed. Like all right there, you you could be facing LeBron in the set first round. That's not ideal. No, that's not ideal. But it, it'll be interesting to see if they're able to kind of bounce back. They're on a two game losing streak right now. Um, but in other NBA news, and I think this might be even bigger than that, actually. Uh, Blake Griffin got a dunk. Yeah, he did get a dunk. Yeah, first time <laughs> so since he's 2019. So he's been bamboozling us the whole time. His yeah. first, no, his first play was a block where he got up and slapped the ball off the, off the backboard, mm-hmm. and then in the fourth quarter he had a dunk where he hung on the rim. Yeah, and he, it was still very easy. He floated to it. Not not as impressive as what I'm going to bring up a little bit later for my play of the week because I saw that last night. I, I sent it to you right away. I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. This it, it crazy to think it, it involves John Morant. That, yeah. it, it crazy to think that John Morant two years ago was playing against college kids. Yeah. It's, it's, he's, some he's, poor 23 year old that couldn't go to the league right away and had to finish out his degree for his shot. Oh, there's, there's had to play against John Morant. Yeah. No, there's posters of John Morant posterizing some, some, some white dudes from some lower schools. Oh. <laughs> that's not what, that's not what you want to see. But look, the, uh, uh, sticking on with the Nets thing, the Nets, it's so weird. Because, look, every, when everyone was talking about, oh, every, the Buccaneers are signing everybody. They're bringing in all these players. Well, now everybody and their mother are rumored to be wanted by the Nets. Norman Powell is rumored to the Nets. Kyle, Kyle Lowry rumored to the Nets. Andre Drummond rumored to the Nets. The Nets, I don't know where the cap space is coming from, but this is the biggest win-now team I have seen in NBA history. Yeah. Oh, the cap doesn't exist. Oh, if the New Orleans doesn't. Saints have taught us anything, the salary cap doesn't exist. And I think it's the luxury tax in the NBA. Yeah, it's not real. Uh, it's not. We not say Adam Silver. Adam Silver is definitely not your typical commissioner, but he definitely works for the or the governors in the NBA. He works for the governors, and the governors are going to tell him, yeah, no, we're going to sign this guy to this much money. 
and that's that's how it's gonna and that's be. It, you're gonna like it. Adam yeah, Silver will like be it. like, "Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You're right. I will go get us a new TV deal." Um, yes, and, master. And it's very easy to do that with Adam Silver because he's one of the best. I think the best commissioner in all uh, sports. I don't know. We're gonna have to talk about that new NFL TV deal because that it's true. Or the NHL deal. I mean, I hate Gary Bettman. Don't get me wrong. The yeah. NHL deal is pretty good too. Talk about two guys I don't want to see talk about hockey: Gary Bettman and Stephen A. Smith. Uh, oh my God! No, no. no. <laughs> give me this. Give me the Stephen A. Smith. Like on the rink, like the same highlight what we saw from Chance the Rapper from SNL. Yes, yeah. I want. I, that's all I want. Stanley Cup Final, Stephen A. on like ringside. Oh, that's man. all I want. Is that too much to ask for? Because that's comedy. That's straight. That's comedical TV. Put right him there. up in the booth. I don't know. You play. You played the recent NHL games, right? Of course. Yeah. Why does Snoop Dogg? Snoop Dogg apparently <laughs> in, in that universe has nothing better to do. Because if you play my career, he's commentating like forty to fifty of your games. Well, Snoop Dogg also does a UFC game. Oh. Like, like he, well, that makes a little bit of sense because he was doing that. Yeah, he uh, has like the EA Sports deal where he, he goes in and sci- and commentates some stupid stuff. Man. And challenges a part of it. It's crazy you to know, think. It, it brings a different audience in, I'll tell you that. Well, yeah, but it's crazy to think how many people don't know that Snoop Dogg was once a criminal, like a very <laughs> hardened criminal, and now he's the he's a former reggae star and just the voice of every video game. This is very true. It's, it, 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 look, People are getting creative as a hell to promote stuff. I'll tell you that. And I love it. I'll, I love it, honestly. I think the UFC game went, was set the new bar when they did uh, Mortal Kombat. Site, style stuff, yeah. yeah. When they put Israel Adesanya in Mortal Kombat, that's when they set the, the bar of how much they're going to push something. Uh, speaking of the NHL, just real quickly, we'll, and we'll move into the main topic of discussion, which is March Madness. Uh, we are bringing back two for chirping. I know it's been gone for the last couple of weeks. But the Knights are starting to play well, and Two for Chirping will be back Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, and it's going to be a little bit different. It'll be me, Kelsey from Hilo Sports, uh, Will from Beyond the Press Box, Will Hatzel. Uh, he also has his own podcast called the Windy City Sports Report, something like that. I don't know. It'll be it'll be better when he's on. And then um, Griffin from the Tell It As It Is podcast, he's going to be joining the show. So. Same name, different lineup, and a different format, but a it's... lot more, a lot more personalities to tell you that because, as I know, it got it got sometimes stale a little bit with only two people on, but now or two three people on now you have so many different personalities from so many different um, viewpoints. That I think it's it's, it's going to be really good. I, I I can't wait to tune in for that. Yeah, I'm super excited. So be sure to catch that. Like I said, Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, um, and yeah, we'll talk way more about the uh, um, talk way more about. NHL and everything going on with that. Okay. And, uh, okay. Uh, nobody's bracket is safe anymore. It's alive slash safe. Yeah. It's not, if you're like me, your, your, your bracket was thrown out after this third day. I, I started off some of the ups early upsets were fun for me to watch because I didn't like, I had the team that got upset going one more round and then Virginia happened and I realized, Oh fuck. This is going to be one of those years. And then Illinois happened, and I was like, "Oh man, you got to be kidding me!" Honestly, so much. This look, it's so much fun. Look, the Battle of Illinois on Sunday morning, so much fun to watch. Loyola Chicago, Illinois. I turned that on. Yeah, yeah, Sister Jean, Cameron. I I don't. Yes, Sister Jean. Who (laughs) I was listening to part of my take, and their big takeaway from that game is Sister Jean lost the ability to clap. She just kind of taps the back of the one hand. but Cameron Crutwig. Oh, the, do- the guy with the mat- mustache? Yeah, the guy who looks like me. <laughs> the, the best mustache in yeah. college basketball? Six foot seven, probably like 360. Not solid. Oh, yeah. He's not like... solid. Not <laughs> he's... solid. But 
he's he got dominated some looks. Coburn. He, yeah, he did. He's got some looks, and Kofi Coburn, as genetically and, and freakishly gifted as he is, God, couldn't handle a, a little fat white guy. So that, that's why I love this March Madness so much. What the hell? Because man. This, did you see the the uh, pregame quote unquote prayer? That the yeah. sister G said is like I pray. She was praying for like field goal percentages. Yeah, for field goal percentages. <laughs> sister Jean's, you want Sister Jean in your corner? That's that's for one. She thing. knows what she's doing. Please, hey. Sister Jean, if you want to, I mean, I know the Bears suck. The Bengals are not that far away. <laughs> yeah, help help the Bengals out a little bit. Just send us a prayer. Just win a playoff game. That's honestly all I'll take. Like one playoff game since 1991. Just pray for it, and like, I know you'll. you'll she get knows it done. what she's doing, and and look, Loyola Chicago man, they're no longer Cinderella. No, I think we can. Oh, that—that's the other. That's one thing. So let's. I, I want to do this by bracket because otherwise we'll miss something. Cause, yeah, because we'll we'll go all over the board. We could go into any all these. Yeah, let's start. Let's start with the Midwest because that's Illinois, Loyola, Chicago. Uh, Illinois kind of got fucked because Loyola, fucked, Chicago, man. is not an eight seed. That is the worst seeding they could have got. I said it before that the best eight nine game was going to be North Carolina, Wisconsin, but Baylor rolled through them. We'll get to that in a minute, but. If you were Illinois and you saw the eight seed was Loyola Chicago in your bracket, I'd be pissed. Yeah, it, pissed. It was not a good draw at all. The and Big then, Ten champions. Oh, we'll get to, we'll get to the Big Ten a little bit later. I got some funny stuff for that. The Big Ten champions. Who, I got some bad stuff for the Big Ten. Team. <laughs> who, it's coming. Who were quote unquote the best conference in college basketball um, coming in that hot, and you get faced with the eight seed Loyola Chicago, who is damn good yeah. and has Sister Jean on their side. That is a nightmare. That it is was, a nightmare. They had a, I mean, they had in their, just in their going, going into the Sweet 16, they were going to get Oklahoma State, which is not, not easy. They had Cade Cunningham. They, out of all the one seeds, they probably, I mean, would you say they had the hardest region? Because they had West Virginia. Well, I mean, look, I, I thought all along it was the East. With Michigan, Florida State, and, and and Alabama, and then also Texas being the three seed, they also all lost. But I mean, look, I, this this bracket is just so this this mid this Midwest region is just so everywhere. Yeah, like so everywhere. Well, Chicago, they they I thought Georgia Tech was going to give them a run for their money, and they ran through Georgia Tech. And then you get into the Illinois game where you have nothing to lose, and Kofi Coburn and Io Desumunu are already looking toward the NBA draft apparently because they didn't show. I don't know what they were. I mean, uh, I just still can't believe that the it's Loyola Chicago and Oregon State. Well, yeah, in I that mean, part cause, of because like I said, in like I said bracket. in the center attention, Oregon State was the um, predicted as the worst team in the Pac-12 well, this season. They're Villanova, who won like seven games in the regular season and won the tournament. Their conference tournament stole a bit. That's or they're Georgetown, I mean, but yeah, yeah, yeah Georgetown. I mean, but look, Oregon State, kudos to them because their team is playing unreal right now. And then you, you go with you go into Oklahoma State matchup where they also have to face the best player in the country in Cade Cunningham. That's because they go through Tennessee, which I had them beat Tennessee anyways. I was one of the people that picked that. I'm gonna raise my hand to that because my bra- rest of my bracket was shit, but I got that one right. Yeah, it was a 12-5. So and and then they go through Oklahoma State with Cade Cunningham and the Pac-12 man. Bill Walton said it best: Conference of Champions, baby. Uh, Conference of Champions. For his, I I wrote about it in my. Um... I think I tweeted about it actually. For as bad as they were in the fall, they're pretty. They're fucking up the spring championships. That's for they, sure because they don't. The eight seed in one of the wrestling brackets won the national championship from Stanford, mm-hmm. and 
that's Stanford's losing their wrestling program after this season. That and was then, a pretty cool story too. I saw. Yeah, I, I save save Stanford wrestling. Look it up if you're if you you have the means and want to help that program. But, but look, the Pac-12 they have five out of the they have four out of the five teams that got came to the tournament still in. Yeah, the only team that lost was the Buffs, unfortunately. But well, I mean, but look, the they, Florida State was the. We don't, we don't have to get yeah, that. Florida, Florida State was the perfect team to, to shut shut so down what the Buffs do. Look, well. UCLA, you have um, USC, Oregon, you have um, Oregon State, Oregon State, and there's one more, isn't there? No, there's only four. So four, yeah, four, yeah, right, four out of the well, five I mean, teams. Still, the Big Ten brought like ten and only have one. Oh, left. they had nine teams in, and they have one team left. Yeah, so they <laughs> they got they got their ass whooped out of Indianapolis. Said, "Have fun, go have a nice, safe drive home." Yeah, it's a short drive, but go have a nice ride home. Oh man, it but, was that tone was the Big Ten's tone was set after the Ohio State game. It was not going to be a normal. Oh, tournament. it was not at all. And then going back into this Midwest region, man, look, we are having. I, if if you don't know who Buddy Buckets Buckets is right now, do yourself a favor go watch some Syracuse highlights because everyone knows Jim Boheim and the Syracuse team that runs the two three zone into the death because they they've ran the two three zone for thirty years and come every March no one can figure it out <laughs> nobody can figure it out but they have some kids they have Jim Boheim's son Buddy Boheim that comes in and can shoot the lights out he dropped thirty against um, West Virginia and this this they got a bunch of just players that. Don't look like they should be on the basketball court. But got a bunch of nobodies. Yeah. But a bunch of guys that can't guard you one-on-one, but they can lock into a 2-3 defense, and it's very, very hard to stop. I can't believe that's – by the way, we're going to be – that's one of the we're games we're doing on games, ColorCast, yep. and that's Saturday night? Saturday night, yep. Houston, Houston versus Cuse and Buddy Buckets, which will be fun. Uh, I might have to throw in some barbs at Syracuse because they're supposedly the best broadcasting school, and I didn't get an offer. Didn't even get, get the chance to get in. Um, but yeah, that's I mean the Midwest bracket. Who would have thought that we'd have Houston, uh, Syracuse, and then Loyola, Chicago, and Oregon State? Yeah, the most random. Figuring seeds. out who's gonna yeah. who's gonna be going to the represent four. that region. Um, let's go ahead. Let's move to the East now because we did the Georgetown Colorado game. And Colorado looked amazing in that game. And they and then, looked damn good. I mean, look, they broke the, the they. Between um, CU and Georgetown, they broke the single season or a single game three point record in a March Madness game. So that was a lot of fun to call because we saw a hell yeah. of a high score. Yeah, there was game. a lot of three pointers, and basically every time a buff put up a shot, it was going to go, go in. in yeah. Jabari Walker, bless you, bless boomer. you, bless you, <laughs> bless you. Jeez, buffs didn't do that bad, boomer. Oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, he's pretty. He's still still shaking up, obviously, about being the Sooners, the Buffaloes, the, yeah, and the Sooners as well. Well, yeah. <laughs> the only good thing that saved him was Abilene Christian, the guy got that got he on national tele- down, yeah. television doing horns down. By the way, everybody who's watching and listening in Texas just turned us off again. But. Yeah, I mean, throw that because Texas is in this region. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Abilene Christian, shout out that team, man. Look, because Abilene Christian will be in the or will be in the WAC next year. Mm-hmm. So GCU will face them four times a year. Can't wait for that matchup. It's gonna be a lot of. Per- on the screen <laughs> but man that look they they texas confirmed not back yeah no shot shocker smart got his hair back before texas came back in football and basketball put that in perspective i bet you matthew mcconaughey is going to shave shocker smart's head again everything is not all right all right all right in texas. houston we have well houston doesn't have a problem texas texas we have a, problem. a big problem austin, we have a problem yeah austin they brought the uh, the ice storm with them to the tournament because they were not there abilene christian upset them as the 14 another texas school yeah 14 to 3 and then 
Alabama is it? Did Alabama make it through to? Yeah, they 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 got through Iona. Frank Pitino, that yeah, pretty and story then, didn't die through. And then Maryland beat up on UConn. That wasn't really that noteworthy, but Maryland did roll through. And that. then Alabama beat UConn yeah, or Maryland, scored, right? Putting up ninety six points, which is a steamrolling. Sorry, and, Scott Van Pelt. He and probably then, cried. And then after we have eight clap UCLA, one of the first four teams making a little bit of run, beating BYU, and then obviously they are the favorite over Abilene Christian, but still pretty cool for a team that was in the first four. There's usually always at least one team that was in the first four to make some sort of run, and that's mm-hmm. that's really cool to see at UCLA. Yeah, UCLA is one of the most storied basketball programs in the country. Uh, now into the second round, we had LSU-Michigan. Michigan took care of business. Oh, they, took, they rolled through that. Yeah. It only got close toward the end because like they, they got the subs in. And Michigan's, they're missing. Livers, yeah. They're the, missing one of the better players. In but the it, they, it wasn't like it was their – because that was a good comparison that I was hearing. It wasn't their most talented player, but it's the player that everybody else on the floor, every, all the attention goes to them, and then it's Rivers who's left open, and he's just yeah, he's, really he's a, good he's in that a, situation. He's a, good, a really, really good role player. And that's, that's nothing against Livers, because Livers is a bucket. I mean, role players are what kind of drives that, championships, especially. especially in the March yeah, so uh, that's, that's definitely a big blow to them, but. They they've looked fine so far in the tournament. I mean, Florida's, it's a Big Ten though, so we could see something man, weird happen. And the fact that it's Michigan and Michigan, Michigan's everybody hole. knows that Michigan's in kind of a, a hole when when it comes to sports and coming through in the clutch. Yeah, and big, the Big Ten now is in firmly in the hands of Michigan after they had nine teams in and they only have one left going into the Sweet Sixteen. Michigan hasn't been clutch since uh, Thomas Brady was taking snaps for the Wolverines. That is that is a very long time. So that's that's what we have there. The Florida State CU matchup it was disappointing, but honestly, Florida State was set Florida up to beat CU because McKinley Wright, he's great, but when he's being guarded by somebody who's six foot eight at his position, that's a physical mismatch that you're not going to win most yeah, times. Florida State has some of the best size pause on that in the tournament oh they got some length <laughs> they got some they got not a some, lot of girth not a lot of girth they got a lot of length and florida state they're going to be very tough i think michigan i have florida state winning against michigan because <laughs> i have florida state in my final four one of my few teams i have left shout out jay dash <laughs> so uh but look michigan i think florida state they're, it's going to be a damn good game that's going to be probably the best one of the better games of the weekend don't be surprised if michigan gets upset here by Florida State because Florida State like I said Colorado they just ran out of fuses yeah. that's what we were worried about in the previous game because they were shooting the hell out of the ball and <laughs> they were they went dead cold in the first half and so, I mean so did Florida State both teams went dead cold in the first yeah half. it was really close and then Florida State pulled away in the yeah, second half it was CU just lost their juice and yeah. shout out to McKinley Wright he he four-year starter for CU he had a hell of a seat Colorado career but um, it's unfortunate they weren't able to get too far get too far but like I said they they we're one of the better Pac-12 team, Pac-12 teams in the, in this bracket, and they got a really good recruiting class coming in. We talked mm-hmm. about Julian coming in, the quarterback for Cherry Creek, our, our old high school. He's a really good basketball player. He'll be there next year. So it's not like Tad Boyle's. Hey, this wasn't a Cinderella team that Tad Boyle just barely got into the tournament. They were a five seed for a reason. They almost won the conference. And the team that they lost the conference to is, is still 16? playing. Yeah. So Jabari Walker's a freshman too. Like, yeah, like, Jabari see, Walker. See that's, will be back. There's no doubt about it. They're in a good place. Um, and then for the other other matchup to get to the uh, Elite Eight, we have the one of the biggest football schools against the one biggest. of the biggest 
basketball schools because UCLA is that's, what you call a that basketball, is a basketball school. school. That is the basketball yeah. John, school. John, if, if you've ever heard the name John Wooden, that's where he coached was UCLA. Yeah, UCLA is basketball and Alabama is football. So this is the biggest. you ever heard of the guy named Paul Bryant. He coached <laughs> at Alabama football-wise, though. So this is, I think it's going to be a very fun matchup mm-hmm. because UCLA is surprising a lot of people. Alabama, I didn't think they were going to go very far, but they're, they're surprising people. They got Chuck to say roll tide. They got Charles Barkley to say real yeah, time. That's just very surprising as an Auburn grad for him to do that. But. I never thought that I'd hear him say those words. Um, but out of that region, I mean, I know your pick probably still isn't in the tournament for the Final Four in that well, region. Well, no, but my pick is in Final Four for East. Oh, right, right, Because right. I have Florida State. But that could easily be gone on Friday, I believe, or on Sunday. Do you still think that Florida State – I, I think Florida State can get it through Michigan. I think the, I think the the Final Four team will be either Michigan or Florida State because I think whoever wins that matchup will, can get through Alabama or UCLA. Okay. So I think that's where the Final Four will come through out of that, out of that matchup. Yeah. But, like I said, my bracket's already in the trash, lit on fire, spit at, gone out the window. <laughs> yeah, I think I had Texas in my Final Four matchup against uh, Gonzaga here, so – Hey, Gonzaga's still in. At least you're still yeah, the no, national I, champ. That's still – I have a pretty big matchup coming up again, and that's the other game that we're doing, Gonzaga-Creighton. We, we can segue that into the West region. Yeah, now. the West region. But uh, in my – just my personal, not in the podcast bracket, in my personal friends bracket, I picked Gonzaga to win the national championship. My buddy goes to Creighton, and he picked Creighton to win the national championship, and they play in this round. Oh, he picked Creighton to win the national Oh, he team? is the – he he started with his team and put his team winning all the way through. Okay, okay. That's so like he, when I did with GCU having them win yeah. it all. Okay, I, that's fair. That's, that's fair. That's fair. I was like, hold on, is, is he, he? He must be a Creighton fan. I was like, that makes sense then. Yeah, I mean, a lot of concussions. Played offensive line for a while. Went to Highlands Ranch High School, so you know, yeah. education. Mm-mm. But uh, so for the West Region, Gonzaga obviously. It just looked pretty dominant. They started off a little bit slow against Oklahoma, but came back and, and showed up. Yeah, I, I texted I text you as the game started because Oklahoma got out to a 12-3 to three run. And then after that, Gonzaga just poured it on. Yeah, no, Gonzaga is kind of flexing their muscles a little bit too because didn't they have an alley-oop off the glass yeah, against Norfolk they, they, State? They were, they were just having fun out yeah, there. Yeah, they're, they're, they're showing – they're kind of doing what Houston does because everybody – Houston knows they play in a shitty conference, but they play the really bad teams in their conference really well. So it, it's bad scores. It's big scores, and that's what Gonzaga's going. They're going for style points and proving why they're the number one, number one seed in the tournament. Uh, they get they made it all the way through to the Sweet 16, obviously. Um, and then Creighton. Creighton Cre- barely snuck by the Guanchos of the UC Gauchos, Santa Barbara. Yeah, the Gauch- we, we were watching that game as we yep. were as, uh, in between games we were casting. But, yeah, the, I had UCSB beating them. So I, that I was saw, my first island pick, honestly. Yeah, so, yeah. so I hope Gonzaga wins so that my UCSB pick doesn't look that stupid. But, I, I, I mean, the, I think one of the bigger surprises has to be Ohio. Mm-hmm. Ohio coming, coming in and beating the lineal champs. They, they didn't just come in. They smacked them. Jason Person, Pearson, Person, I can't. I think it's Person, but it came in. Lamelo Jr. Lamelo, Lamelo Jr. Like you said, one of the best stories out of this whole tournament. Came in, balled out for them. They came up with the upset, and then you look at the rest of this bracket. I mean, everyone thought Iowa was going to be something, and yes, I, I picked Iowa to beat the Lopes. Unfortunately, my Lopes did come up short. It was sad boy hours over here, but you know what? I'm glad. I was just happy to see my team in. But Iowa got their cheeks clapped by Oregon. Oregon put up 95 points yeah. and rolled through Iowa. It's very unfortunate that Luca Garza didn't have any help. No. Um, because look, Luca Garza is one of my favorite players to watch in this, this in college basketball. Do you think he's ready for the program? 
I just don't know if he's ready for the pros. Uh, that's, that's just what I'm worried about because, look, the, Garza is bullying kids that are smaller than him. The yeah. NBA, it is as big as you can get. Pause on that. Oh, he's not. But, I, I saw some. He's not doing half of the moves that he did on uh, on Saturday. On Saturday against the small kids. Yeah, it's a bigger center. I mean, even against power forwards. Like, if he tries to do that against Giannis, that's not going yeah. going very well. If he does it against AD, he's not going to be able to do that. Yeah, I, I think I think he could easily still be a good bench player for the Nuggets. Hopefully, Nuggets pick him up in the second round. I, I would. I, I would told I'm, everybody's following us on Twitter at feot at feotb pod. Saw my Chris, Christmas oh, wish. I would, I would love that, man. You can't wear fifty five because he's retired. But give him like double zero or something. I would buy a Luca Garza double zero jersey. I think you would too. I, I probably. <laughs> Luka, that's the Nuggets jersey. Big man. Luca Garza double zero jersey. That is a big man. A double zero. Hell yeah. I don't know. He goes right from a retired jersey. Into some, into something else. Maybe the Nuggets unretire it for him for I, a second I, I round don't pick. Know about that. That's the round. Who's fifty five retired for? Oh, yeah. That so that number's not going to be probably touched. not going anywhere. That's Geico, probably not going anywhere. Geico will have something to say about that if we try and touch Matumbo's retired number. Um, uh, but the other news out of the the West was like we have the the Pac twelve matchup in the Sweet Sixteen. The yeah. Oregon Oregon camp through BI obviously and then USC. I had USC in my Sweet 16. I was one of the few people that picked them over Kansas. And the Mobley brothers, they are balling. Evan Mobley is going to be a top five pick easily in the NBA draft. He has been playing outstanding on both ends of the court. One of the best defensive. He is bull bull on crack. I'm sorry, but like yes, that, that is very weird to say. But Mobley is much more developed and much more stronger than Bull Bull was. And what we and Mobley can step out, hit the three. Like like that is literally the perfect the perfect comparison because Bull Bull has that outside game and he's very just towering over everybody. Mm-hmm. Evan Mobley is the exact same, but the Duke can take you off the dribble and has more of an offensive game. And Mobley is man, he he could make something, and USC could surprise the people. I would be very interested to see a USC versus Gonzaga Elite Eight because I think that game would be fireworks. Don't tell me that. Don't say that. I need Gonzaga Jaylen to Suggers go all the way Evan through. Mobley, Jalen Suggs versus Evan Mobley would be a lot of fun. Nah, I had Kansas getting through. I had Gonzaga beating. Uh, I think Kansas because I think I had Kansas beating Iowa, but you know. This was about the time where I was contemplating if I had a paper bracket, I'd have thrown it in the fire. Like, like, I, like I texted you on Sunday. I was like, yeah, Jimmy, I'm going to – next year I'm going to try for an imperfect bracket and try to get every single matchup wrong. And I'm probably still going to get something right. Yeah. Because, like I said, I probably would have picked Oral Roberts to win if I were do, was doing an imperfect bracket. And then they got to the – here we are, them at the Sweet 16. Yeah. Who, who would have thought – but I think there's a couple of things that we could try. I, I heard – Right after the selection Sunday is announced, you take a bracket and you fill it out right then and there because you have all your recency bias, and then you fill one out right before the tournament, like right before you have to fill, to lock it in, and you go against everything that you put down. I mean, you gotta try something different. I'm uh, gonna have to try something different because it's like I said, it's terrible. I'm go- I'm I'm just so happy. Like I said, I'll, the last thing I'll say about this West Division is I'm very very happy Lopes were in there. It was a lot of fun casting it. Like I said, I. I did not. I. I mean, like I said, we're only a four four year program into the D one and yeah. getting a chance to get get in the big dance. Now we have the program set in stone. Now you just gotta work your way into a position like Loyola Chicago or a position like Gonzaga, which is very very long ways away. But a position like that where you're dominating your conference year in and year out, and that top recruits want to come play for you. So that's where I'm hoping the Lopes are on the right direction. But man, it was a lot of fun watching them, even though if you're ass kicked. 
by Luca Garza. <laughs> I mean, what I saw from Luca, that's not something that you you can hang your head about. And he did it in a different way because he sure. did it from the three point line. He, he hit his first two or threes, and I was like, well, here we go. This is uh, how it starts. Uh, shit. It was like he's not only dominating in the post, now he's hitting threes. Yeah. Fuck, we're done. You were like uh, Petrangelo against McKinnon. Oh boy. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> that's not Snowflake. That's not Snowflake. Uh, let's move on to the South region. This is my, this is the only other Final Four team that's still in the tournament in my bracket. This is a little this is a little less wackier, but still uh, wacky. Yeah, I mean I have Baylor. Baylor is my other member of the Final Four. They're still in it, so hopefully they continue. I, to... I had Baylor losing the second round, <laughs> so there goes that. But I had I have Villanova. I had Villanova in my Sweet Sixteen, and I was able to call that correctly. I actually picked North Texas to beat Purdue. I had that. Wow. Uh, I, I, if you don't believe me, I'll show wow. you it. But, yeah, I did have that, um, but that wasn't one of the matchups I picked. But one of the most unfortunate things was I know you like your Arkansas Raiders backs, but, man, Texas Tech was so much fun to watch. Mac McClung, bucket, bucket getter. And Arkansas, man, they, they barely held on by two. Yeah, I mean – I wanted Arkansas to have a little bit of a run just oh, because I well, like the Musbrus. Musbrus. They had the easiest, probably the easiest. Yeah, they matchup. They I were mean, just, quote unquote easiest matchup, but they were set up pretty, pretty good to run through their region. I don't know. I think that they're still. I don't think they, if they make it to the Elite Eight or play against Baylor, they're not going to beat. They're not going to beat the top teams in the tournament that are left. I honestly, I see them struggling pretty hard with the, the Pac-12 teams that are still left in it too. Oh, so, so you have them losing to Oral Roberts is what you're saying? No, not Oral. No, that you sure? I would, are you sure about that? I had them losing in this round, but it was to uh, Ohio State. Probably. Yeah, probably somebody. Somebody. I think I had Ohio State in my Elite Eight, uh, unfortunately. But yeah, so I don't think that they're going to be the representative out of this bracket. But I do think that they had a. They get a chance to go to the lead eight and yeah, Oral Roberts. They, they, they do. They're going to be. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm all over the Oral Roberts hype train. Screw Arkansas it. screwed up two pretty cool things because if they would have lost to Colgate and if Colgate could have beat Texas Tech, we would have had the Oral, Oral Roberts Colgate, Colgate matchup. Match that would have been as perfect as it gets. The, the dentist, uh, every single toothpaste brand would be rushing to buy ad space during that game. They're just. To nine out of ten dentists recommend watching the Oral Roberts Colgate game. That's what that's what that the would be. The memes would have been endless. Oh uh, yeah, Twitter would have exploded. Twitter would have shut down. That's what would have happened. Okay, this is the final tweet that we can have: the Oral Roberts Colgate game. It's been a nice ten years, everybody. We'll see you guys when we develop the next app. All right. Uh, out of the South region, who do you have the most faith in? I mean, look, I want to pick Baylor, but like I don't have faith in Baylor because the Big Twelve has been struggling too. The Big Twelve also had only also only have one representative left, like that they, they, they've been struggling as well. So mm. like that's where I'm a little cautious behind them, um, but it's hard for me to pick against them. Villanova has been playing well, and yeah. a lot Villanova's of Villanova's got the pedigree too. Yeah, I think Villanova can give them run for the money. Like I said, when it, when I, like I said in our bonus episode, when it comes to late in March, you either you either got the team that has some experience or you have the team that is coached the right way. And Jay Wright is probably one of the better coaches up there with Mark Fio Gonzaga left in this tournament. Mm -hmm. And Jay Wright knows how what it takes to possibly get to the next level and get his team to the final four. So that's why I think it's going to be Baylor or Villanova because I think the winner, like 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 similar to the Michigan Florida State matchup, I think the winner, the final four winner out of this bracket will be Baylor or Villanova. 
Yeah, so there's we got to go over all the dumb picks that we t- that we had before the oh, tournament man. started. There's a do lot me, of them do, this year. Do us a favor, go back, listen to that episode, and then text us while you're listening to it, and be like, "Wow, you're an idiot! Wow, you're an idiot!" Nico, what the fuck were you thinking? Nico, you let State? Jeremy talk you into Ohio State. And why did you have Texas, Final Four? Te- why did you have Illinois as your national champion, Nico? What are you thinking? And I'm like, you know what? I don't have an answer for you, honestly. I don't. Yeah, I, don't I, I just answer. don't. Other than it's just madness. Okay, okay. I don't have an answer. Okay. Yeah, I've been watching way too much uh, Lethal Weapon because I went in and Leo gets there. Um, all right, let's uh, quickly get to most dominant team of the week before we get into the break. Uh, I'll start off this one. It, it, my most dominant team of the week is Penn State Wrestling. I know I was talking a lot about the wrestling tournament, and I wrote a couple blogs. Uh, just to put this in perspective, this was a down year, quote-unquote, for Penn State Wrestling. Uh, they only had, which the program has won eight of the last nine national tournaments as a team. Uh, they put four wrestlers into the national championship match and won all four. And they were the second best team comfortably. And if they would have, I think, qualified one more person, they probably would have pushed Iowa for the team title. So, yeah, they were down. But I would love to have a down year where I still get four individual national champions and a runner-up team trophy. That's not half bad. That's that really not, not bad. that bad. That's not bad at all. So, yeah, Penn State Wrestling, my most dominant team of the week. Yeah, for my most dominant team of the week, man, I'm going to have to follow this one. It's Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts, my most dominant team of the week. You go in, shock the world, beat Ohio State, and then you come in and smack Florida. Florida was up on you, and then you rolled back and came in and popped them in the mouth. Mm-hmm. And now a 15 seed in the Sweet 16. I'm going to pick Oral Roberts because of the fun story they are. And Max Acemus, not Admus, Acemus. So it's a silent B. I don't know how to how, how that There's works. There's so many. It's, it's Kobe so Coburn and – Yeah, and Coburn was spelled like the other way. <laughs> Cockburn. Cockburn, yeah. So I had to say it. Sorry. Yeah, but, so that's the inappropriate teenager in me. Yeah, but Max Ace Mess and Oral Roberts, my most dominant team of the week, because like I said, it's so much fun watching these programs do this. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot. I had so I had the historical dominance. You had the recent dominance. But now let's go ahead and listen to a couple messages from our partners at the far end of the bench. And when we come back, we will have a UFC 260 preview, and then finish out with our partnership segments and our regular end of show segments. That's coming up here on the far end of the bench on the Unhinged Sports Network. Bench warmers, thank you guys for listening to the Unhinged Sports Network, and we wanted to talk about Fanatics once again. Our oldest partner, our very first partner on the Unhinged Sports Network. You can still use their link in our bio and make your purchase because. There's new jerseys coming out on that site, and and not just jerseys and shirts. It's anything merchandise-wise. All of the podcasts on the Unhinged Sports Network talk about it at FEOTB Pod to find the link in our bio and use that to buy your shirt. They got promo codes every single day. Um, Great, great deals, great content, great, great merchandise that you can get. Nico, what are some of the things that they can find on the Fanatics website? through our link that they can buy. Well, I mean, it's it's March. It's April. Man, this we have lots of good stuff coming. Place. But the best time of March is the conference tournaments for college basketball yes, and all those beautiful warm-ups that they use throughout the tournament. If you see a dude losing his mind on the bench with a sick warm-up, uh, through while you're watching the tournament, go to use the Fanatics ad. Go get you one of them warm ups from those universities and go get support your favorite teams because all those just sick warm ups, like I said, sick jerseys, whatever it may be, lots of good stuff. And the All Star game just happened. NBA All Star game happened. Go get you a Nicole Jokic jersey. I'm not sure what the color looks like right now because we're recording before, but go get you a Nicole Jokic jersey. Go get you. 
<laughs> Excuse me, an all-star warm-ups. I got an all-star warm-up jacket off Fanatics. Go use, but you have to use that link. Make sure you use that link. Yeah, Fanatics, the best place for a sports fan. Get all your different merchandise that you need. Link in our bio at FEOTB Pod. Help out the Unhinged Sports Network and support your favorite team. All right, welcome back. Thanks for listening to those messages from our partners at the far end of the bench. Uh, Fanatics, you're going to have some national championship gear coming up, so be sure to check out our Fanatics a link. Of, a bunch of tournament gear, too, that came out. Yeah. You can go get yourself the Illinois uh, Big Ten championship shirts for on sale because they're out of the tournament. <laughs> you, can, you can go get mm. you. Uh, I, I got myself a March Madness shirt. With Tastes salty. Yeah, very that good. one was I, salty. I, that was a little slight burn. I had to do it because – I had to, um, but yeah, like I got myself a March Madness shirt that that has GCU's name on it, so you can go check that out. Um, but like, there's so many good, so much good stuff on there. I think there's even some UFC stuff you can get on there too. Yeah, I think that you can get some UFC merchandise there, uh, and then Colorcast as well. We will be on Colorcast again this weekend. We moved on to the Sweet 16 of their Caster Showdown. Uh, so we, we were the number one seed in our in our quadrant i think i I'm think not... we were the number one seed in the region so in a, in a... thank you for everybody who tuned in last week be sure to tune in again this week because we got houston and B- buddy buckets and buddy buckets jimmy you better, Saturday you better night. know that yeah. name baby i'll buddy know buckets. buddy buckets i'm the color i'm the play-by-play guy i'll know buddy buckets i'll probably say his name a million times buddy the elf what's your favorite color i don't know <laughs> orange um, obviously yeah orange lots of orange <laughs> it's going to be a very unpleasing to the eye game that, Red versus that. orange, yeah, that will be tough. Okay, uh, that's Saturday night, and then Sunday, Sunday morning, first game, yeah. yeah, Gonzaga versus yeah, your national champs, Gonzaga versus Creighton. So screw you, Josh. Gonzaga's going going to win. Um, but now let's go ahead and get into the UFC because it's a, it's a damn good card. It's I mean, I mean it's, it's it's not our better cards, but we have the one of the most hyped up fights we've had in a long time. It's the trying to figure out who's going to be the baddest man on the planet. The, the world, the heavyweight champion is the baddest man on the planet. And we got a and rematch. UFC, it's not boxing anymore. It's UFC, unfortunately. Yeah. Boxing I mean, just, okay, we, we can have that. Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua, pretty bad, pretty, pretty bad dude. Pretty bad dude. So we'll not, we'll have that, that argument will be for another day. Yeah, but, I'm a lot higher on boxing than you are. That's just because the jokes that happened with Jake Paul and, and Logan Paul. And I wish everything else was better. UFC just gives me good product every weekend. It doesn't true. matter what, what's going on. UFC 260. We didn't bring in the Medicine Man because, honestly, I didn't <laughs> want to record. a lot of bonus episodes. Yeah. We've recorded two podcasts a week for the last three weeks. and uh, I was we, we needed to relax a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we needed to relax, and I needed to figure out a way to record two for tripping. So we're not doing a bonus episode, but we're still going to give you the same kind of a breakdown. Uh, and we picked five, five fights. Yeah, five, five fights, fights yep. from the card that we are interested in this weekend. Uh, and also, just a quick mention: be sure to check out Hilo Sports because they're doing the commentary on Colorcast again for this event. I don't know if I'm going to buy the pay per view so that I can do the. Well, the, we, we are watching the the the. Oh yeah, no, I won't be doing the the ringside. I'll be. You want to see Pretty Boy Jimmy in his little skirt on the ringside cam? Yeah, yeah. But uh, here we go. First, first fight. First fight we're going to talk about. Abubakar Nurmagomedov. Say that ten times fast. Abubakar Nurmagomedov. <laughs> you messed it up the second time, but it's okay. I won't. I won't hate you for that. Okay. Habib's little brother, right? Habib's little brother versus Jared Gooden at 170 pounds. Uh, I haven't. I don't know if this is. I don't think this is his first fight in the UFC. If it is, he's, I think it might be a second. Yeah. Because I, I, I think I remember his first fight, Habib being in his corner. But honestly, 
do we even have to question a guy from Dagestan anymore? Because or or we, someone with an Ermaga Madoff last name? <laughs> that, too. But even the guys that aren't blood-related to Khabib, because in the 259 card, there was a guy who just looked like Khabib's little brother, and it wasn't actually his yeah. little brother. He dominated the guy he was fighting. So I think that we can't take Dagestan lightly anymore if anybody was. Abubakar is coming in with a 15-3-1 record. It's not like he's a slouch. And he's wrestled bears growing up, guys. I love that name, too. Abubakar. Abubakar is a pretty, it's a pretty damn fun pretty, name, too. Pretty cool name. I don't know what his nickname is, but hopefully it's as cool as the Booba eagle. Or, hopefully it's Booba or something. Like, Booba the bear. Oh, oh, I just got him a nickname. Oh, I hope he picks there you that go. up. Booba, Booba the, the bear. bear. Benchwarmers tweet at Abubakar Nurmagomedov. If you Booba can, the bear. Yeah, Booba the bear. That's going to be his oh, nickname. Oh, man, I love that. I just came up that spot. I love that. Right? Yeah, I'm picking him 100% because of that, because of that now. You're going with Booba the bear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm going with Booba I'm going there. with Nurmagomedov because I Jerry Gooden's a journeyman, and uh, this guy had Khabib beating up on him his entire life. Yeah. This is Khabib's little brother. It, the the one, little brothers are always the more badass of the two, so this guy— We can both argue against that, but we'll, well, <laughs> we can argue against that. I but. like to say that I turn my siblings into the badasses. That they <laughs> okay, are. that's fair. They still can't come to me. Don't Trust me. On uh, Did you listen to the episode I did with Dom on the wrestling yeah. tournament? I, those— Stories about me oh, rubbing him across the mat. Were I was not, on that big time, but <laughs> we were it was a wrestling practice. It was consensual, I promise. But yeah, no, I think that Nurmagomedov is about to announce himself to this welterweight division, and he's going to make a, he's going to kick the door down and then spit on everybody as he's. Yeah, we may in. see a new contender in the one seventy pound division. Yeah, minus two thirty is a pretty big line for him too. I minus two thirty. I feel like I feel like honestly with the name, it could be like minus four fifty. Uh, so I, think, I, don't, I don't know what the total odds, but or the the whole odds on the card is, but I feel like that might be not one of the bigger ones. I feel like with the NAS name like that, it should have been one of the bigger odds. Uh, the only uh, the bigger the only bigger favorite is Sugar Sean. Oh, the Sugar Sean. That's right. The, minus three thirty, but he's minus two thirty. He's the uh, second highest out of the prelims and the main card. So that's, that's fair then. I mean, it's a pretty even card. Yeah, everybody, all the other fights, I don't, I don't really have a clear cut guy that yeah, I think is going to win. It's very hard for me to pick against. Well, except for the uh, co-main event, co-main but we'll event. get to there. Yeah, but Abdul Bana, or not uh, Abubakar, Abubakar, the Bear, I think is going to dominate. Yeah, like I said I don't think people have the wrestling to keep up with either Abubakar or or Abib. Abubakar. <laughs> I'm going to say his name at least 15 different times, Jimmy. Abubakar. Abubu Bear, <laughs> I don't, I don't, Abubi Babu. Abubu the Bear is, go, is going to dominate, and he's going to wrestle this guy to the ground. Hey, Boo-Boo. <laughs> hey, Boo-Boo. Can we get another picnic hey, basket? Boo-Boo. Oh, Boo-Boo. I can't believe I can't. Oh, we're going to have to start calling Khabib Yogi. Oh, man. Yogi Bear and Boo-Boo. All right, we both have Nurmagomedov winning his 170-pound match. Next fight, first fight on the main card that we're going to talk Malarkey about. And karma worthy or comma worthy? Comma worthy. Comma worthy. He must be very worthy. Comma worthy. Comma worthy. Are we just supposed to pause? I don't. Like I a, don't know. A comma. I, I don't know, man. This, this is the all-time, all-time name yeah. card of all of the UFC. Uh, 155 pound matchup. Don't know a whole bunch about these guys, but it. It seems like they're trying to figure out somebody that they can maybe elevate. Uh, Malarkey has a 12-4-0 record, and looking at his past few fights, uh, yeah, I've, looks he's on a two-fight losing streak, but he was on a finishing streak 
for leading up to that. Yeah, this so. this is a fight. Uh, get a dartboard and hey, toss it and see where it lands on. Yeah, I, I honestly think this is a fight where the UFC is trying to figure out who they're going to keep around because these two guys both seem like they're uh, more – I mean, if you're on a two-fight losing streak, the UFC is normally pretty quick to cut guys like that. And then unless worthy, McGregor. yeah. Unless, unless you, <laughs> unless, you're, you're, unless you make the company millions and millions. Conor McGregor's part owner of the UFC at this point, so yeah, I don't think he's in any trouble. Uh, Worthy's on a, a one fight losing streak, so I think these these guys are kind of fighting for their spot in the company, which could mean that it might be the most exciting fight because both these guys have nothing to lose really. But yeah, I don't, yeah I'm not going to give you any advice as to who to put money on. My, plus one ten, minus one thirty, basically even money at that point. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, it's cover your eyes, and let's figure something out. Yeah, and... I'm gonna go worthy because the co- name is cool. Uh, I think I went. I think you. Went I went with malarkey. Yeah. So it's, it's gonna like I said, those fights that they have nothing to lose. Sometimes those are the better ones, right? Yeah. One hundred percent. This one just got added to the main card in place of what Volkanovski, Volkanovski versus Brian Ortega, and, yeah. which Volkanovski had to get canceled or had to remove himself from the card because of COVID tracing in Australia. Yeah, Australia. Yeah. Or or no he when he came back because he had to quarantine himself for two weeks here when he came back to the states he picked it up and now he has to yes it, it's a very very for people who live in New Zealand Australia basically the world's back to normal mm-hmm. and I know that quarantine period is just brutal because I remember seeing the Dan Hooker stuff um, about how he had to wait two months at, at or in quarantine before he could see his family and it is it is is very tough as I hit my mic and Volkanovski now is in a tough situation so hopefully they're able to get that fight back and they can go back soon yeah that's interesting too because Malarkey's a New Zealand fighter so it's interesting obviously America's getting moving towards different things we're finally not stagnant anymore but there are other places that are pretty much back back, back, back to what or, they were or, doing or back to normal uh yeah so this the next fight that they're putting in place of that Jillian Robertson versus Miranda Maverick Maverick is uh 10 10 and 2 and Robertson is 9 and 5 basically feel like these were two people that they had lying around yeah, that were going to be I around this, I think this was the main event of the undercard originally hmm. I believe and then they moved them up um but women's flyweight matchup so 115 women's pounds. flyweight division it has got some dogs in it too so that's uh Weili Zhang right yep yeah they got some dogs in it so that fight honestly they don't sleep on it I think that could be a lot of fun no I think Maverick they're gonna try and see if she's ready to move up towards the next tier in that division but yeah I, I think uh it's gonna be isn't Rose fighting yeah Zhang rose again? is fighting Zhang. i think two three weeks that's, that's that's the first full um full capacity event ufc is gonna have too i thought this was no no they're the, they're the, having just limited yeah limited capacity. fans and but they're having in jacksville because that's the card usman uh mm-hmm. on we'll have i'm sure we'll cover that big time <laughs> oh yeah i mean if it's usman rev is gonna want to if we kick, don't let Rev come back when there's a Nigerian fighter on the card. I don't know, don't want to know what he's gonna feel about yeah, he's us. Gonna, he's gonna come back with vengeance on yeah. you. Uh, I'm gonna go with Miranda Maverick in that fight. We didn't have this one down, but since it's yeah. on the main card, I'll go with Maverick. I'll go Maverick as well. Ten two record. I'm pick the favorite. Yeah, uh, minus one sixty five line on her. So obviously, look in the props on BetMGM yeah. or FanDuel or anything like that. Try and figure out a way that you can make money. With her winning. Next fight, Bantamweight, Sugar Sean O'Malley. The Sugar Show, baby. The, the Sugar Show. Rainbow-haired warrior coming off of a loss, but it's a, it was his first loss in his career. And Thomas Almeida, who 
if you remember back just a few years ago, this was a guy in line for a, a Bantamweight title shot. And Cody Garbrandt need that title shot out of him. And then since then, it has not been pretty for oh, Thomas Almeida. Not at all. In his the, last the, five fights, he think, is one in four. I think this may be a fight where we see Almeida's last fight in the UFC, unfortunately. Because, look, every, like Dana White is all over the sugar show. Like he is all over the hype train. This when is he, his next Conor McGregor that he wants. Because Sugar Show was on that first UFC card, I believe, back when when uh, it was the first Fight Island, mm-hmm. first Fight Island, and he was on that card and he got lost in the Coco made of it or something along those lines. I remember everyone being like, "Fuck, there goes the hype train." And I'm like, "No, this dude will still hype the fuck out of every fight he's in." Yeah. So uh, and I mean. Given a given them giving him a guy like Thomas Almeida, it's a win-win for the UFC. Because if Almeida can come back and beat Sugar Sean, it's not like you don't have a market in Brazil. It's not like this guy won't be able to come back and maybe start making a run again. But then, if you're not following super close, and then you go, oh, he beat Thomas Almeida. You remember Thomas Almeida from a few years ago He's when he was again. a killer. That's a really looks like a yeah, really it's, big it's win. It's a win-win it's, situation. If Sugar Sean wins, it's an inflated big win, and then you can maybe start putting him back against the top guys. And then if Almeida wins, it, every everybody knows that the second biggest country for the UFC is Brazil. Yeah, I mean, look, if Sugar Sean wins, he'll have some stupid call out. He'll come call out probably someone just Jake Paul. He'll 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 because he's he's known for that. Because one thirty five is that's Cody Garbrandt too, isn't it? Yep. So he'll probably do something stupid along those lines. Uh, Cody Garbrandt would put an end to the Sugar Show very quickly. I, I mean, I'd love that. I'd pay. I'd, that'd be a good fight. Mm. I, 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 TV wise, like oh, I mean, ratings. Yeah, yeah ratings wise, yes. <laughs> the marketing side of me comes in yeah. and be like, that's a hell of a rating show. Yeah. No, I was just thinking about it skill wise. Skill wise, probably not. No, Cody's Cody's a bad man. <laughs> Cody's a bad man. Cody. People like to talk about Cody losing the last few fights. Yeah. Well, I, go back and watch Cody's of them, last fight. Well, yeah. Because that that knockout off the cage. That was that was insane. But then also the fights that he lost against T.J. Dillashaw. T.J. Dillashaw was on enough EPO to kill Lance Armstrong. Hey, he he wasn't he he didn't test positive when he beat him. He tested positive when he beat Cejudo. So give him the benefit of the doubt. A dude's a Colorado fighter. I'm I not know. claiming him. He's a, <laughs> he's a Southern California guy. Yeah. And if you're gonna do steroids, do something. That, cool don't do epo oh don't do God, the cycling steroid now, now we're in the argument of which steroids are cool i don't think any steroids are cool do the one that that jose canseco did where you get the forearms that look like tree trunks that'd be interesting the 135 pound division imagine that yeah <laughs> sorry. just, just sorry massive forearms tj popeye dillashaw Jesus. all right um, let's move on co-main event tyron woodley soundcloud rapper extraordinaire Sound, oh, that, that's that's cold, Jimmy. Sound, uh, I mean, that's what he's known for nowadays. Oh, that's also cold. I'm sorry, Tyron. Yeah, well, I'm not sorry, Tyron. That's And your songs aren't that good. I'm not even going to give you the benefit of playing them on the podcast because it's just not good. Uh, against Vicente Luque, uh, the Brazilian guy. I believe Luque is, is uh, next hype train UFC is trying to get on, right? I think kind so. Of. I remember hearing his name a few times. but I remember because all I've seen out of this, this week upcoming weekend is like – the all the Luke and Nganu hype hype train. Everybody's mm, yeah, I mean, trying to hype them up. Yeah, there's and three pretty big hype trains that the UFC put on Sugar, this card. Sugar Show, Luke, and then Nganu. Yeah, uh, I like Luke. His last loss was not. It was two fights ago, and it was against Stephen Thompson, who honestly in the picture for the title. Yeah, Wonder Boy is still a top three. I I don't know a top three. Definitely a top five welterweight in the world. Yep. 
And it just comes down to matchups for Wonderboy. Him versus Woodley is not a good matchup, especially when Woodley is just going to sit there and <laughs> sit not on do you. anything. Um, but Stephen Thompson is still a top guy at 170, so I'm not going to dock Luke for that. Honestly, it comes down to the fact that I don't believe in Tyron Woodley right now. I don't think and, anyone does. No, I don't think UFC does. No, uh, Tyron Woodley has not been the same. Kamara Usman did something to him. It, it wasn't pretty. Like, stole his soul and, and not, has not given it back. And then he's just been dominated. Like, Gilbert Burns, it was a unanimous decision. Him. That was a he took him five rounds, just dominated. It was not. not. It, the, the score was 5-0 on the rounds, I'm pretty sure. Gilbert Burns earned his title shot off of how badly he beat Tyron Woodley that yes. night. And then Colby Covington KO'd him, so... It, it's not good for Tyron. Woodley is just all downhill. It's been a little. He's been in a, a little bit too long. He probably honestly, should have got out of it after I, the Usman fight. I think he, honestly he needs to go towards either along the side of um, commentating because I think he has a little bit of background on that. Or I know he's a re, he's a re- recurring guest on the Rogan podcast, so I think he could get into this business as well because because like I mean if, he was if, he was a good fighter at one point. Yeah, he was. But right now, I think this may be the nail in the coffin. Yeah, or we could see him go to one championship, championship or whatever one championship. I don't know. What's wherever, I think it's wherever. one FC. Yeah, one, and, uh, yeah, one FC. Belli- I mean, the, the sad thing is, and this is why it it's a little bit difficult to try and start talking about Bellator champions. He could probably go to Bellator and be fairly competitive, maybe yeah. win a win the title, just because that's Bellator is good. Bellator is definitely in a lot better place than it was. Um, but Bellator well, is I mean, Bellator, not like Bellator had, had the likes of Mike Chandler. Yeah. They, 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 I think that you can talk about a handful of Bellator guys that could be competitive in the UFC, but mainly everybody in the UFC can be pretty competitive yeah. in Bellator. Uh, that's you the can, difference. You can, the guys that aren't ranked in the UFC can contend in the Bellator. Yeah. That's talk about Phil Davis. Phil Davis could never make it to a title shot in the UFC goes to Bellator and is one of the longest reigning light heavyweight champions. So there is a little bit of a difference, but I, I think this is the last time we see Tyron Woodley fight in the UFC. And then I, I agree he has been on commentary. He's been doing a lot. Of, he had a show on BET. That's the other thing. He started really sucking. When he started doing more. Yeah, when he got famous as the champion and started rapping. He's like, oh, I can be a rapper. I can yeah, be on this TV show. I can be on all these podcasts. Yeah, because Woodley, when he wasn't doing all this, was... He's a killer. Was a killer, one of the best wrestlers, and then one of the deadliest right hands the UFC had. Oh, that... Especially after what Koscheck did with the fake mm-hmm. fake illegal knee, seeing him get knocked out by Woodley is still one of the most satisfying highlights. Yeah, coming UFC. from a big Koscheck guy at one point. Oh, I was the biggest Koscheck guy at one point, but yeah, no, not not great. I also used to be a big Johnny Hendricks guy. Definitely not. I Johnny was also Hendricks a big Johnny Hendricks guy, unfortunately. You know, he, yeah, after the GSP fight, that I mean, oh, after he he lost the GSP fight, quote unquote, and then he got. Won the title and then that whole shit show and his fights with Robbie Lawler were pretty interesting. I still I think my favorite Johnny Hendricks moment, if we're gonna talk about big rig moments, is him knocking John Fitch across the octagon. Okay, yeah, I do remember that. That yeah. was the, one of the biggest knockouts, especially at 170 pounds. It's one of the biggest knockouts. Yeah, you that don't I can like remember. to remember the uh, every every other fight after that where he didn't make weight by 20 pounds. <laughs> we don't remember those. We no, don't... no, big rig definitely started standing for plus 200 after a while. <laughs> this is very true. For me, I, you know, I'm gonna go Woodley here because like because you know what I thought why not because. Everyone's counting out Woodley and Does that have anything uh, to do with plus two ten? Yeah, plus two ten odds. <laughs> that I'll probably pick this fight to go the distance because I think Woodley will sit on him. Mm-hmm. But that's why I'm or I'm in the place like I think 
I think Woodley might go to the ground on him and make it a five or three round fight. So yeah. that's that's where I think Woodley will win this fight. I will say uh, that it's, it's not the most intriguing co-main event we'll ever see. I'll tell you that. No, it wasn't supposed to be co-main event. We, like we said, the the other fight that was slated, and that would have been a. I think Volkanovski or Ortega would have been a very good fight. I just don't know enough about Luke's style. I know enough about Woodley's style. I know how he's going to go at it. I do know that he's not as good at it as he used to be, so that's why I'm hesitant with him. I just don't know enough about Luke's style to be able to say one way or another how he's going to go about it, but I do think that he's going to win because I lost all faith in Tyron Woodley after his last couple of fights. Now let's get it get to the fun part. The, the, the <clears throat> big, big, big main event. Did you did you watch the first fight live? I, I did not know. This is one of the only UFC events that I watched live in college, and I remember because we were in a suite, and it was uh, across the hall had bought it, and there was all guys on the football team, so... We had to start locking our doors because they were the kind of across the hall neighbors that just felt like it was always time to come in. Oh no! There was I, a couple of times where I had them come in at two a.m. and then I just started locking my inside oh, door. There, there was times where, like, we in, in my sophomore year of college was when Floyd and Connor fought. Yeah. And we were in, we were, we were all watching it in our boys' place. We all chipped in a little bit of money because we didn't want to legally stream it. I know. Dana White loves me for saying that, but we didn't want to legally stream it. So we we had to we because we had to keep the door open mm-hmm. when you have X amount of people in the room. I don't know why that was a rule. Don't come at me about that. That's just the GC rules. And so we we closed the door because people were sitting or were sitting outside our door watching the fight from the hall. And we were like, you know what? I'm sorry. If you guys want to pay? You can walk in. But if not, we're closing the door. We closed the door. Damn. No, that was harsh. That's I think the, it's a cold world, man. If you don't pay, you ain't going to watch. I'm pretty sure Rev illegally streamed the first Stipe and Ganu fight. I'm pretty at, sure at Western. At, there's still thousands of people that are going to legally stream yeah. this fight. No, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that's how we got it. Got to watch that one. And it was uh, not what I was expecting. I I was full aboard the Ngannou hype train. Which still? Is, are you still there? Uh, honestly, it's different. I'll say this. I'm really... After he fixed himself or whatever was wrong with him that after that Derek Lewis fight... Been very impressed with what Ngano has been able to do. Yeah, his last fight he came out just roaring. Yeah, he came I, out swinging and hungry. I I really do think that loss to Stipe in the long run it helped Ngano because f- for the longest time all he needed to do was just land one of those shovels that he calls fists, and that was going to be it. Shovel and, is to put it lightly. <laughs> well, I call it a shovel because he got that big being working in the sand diamonds or the sand mines in in Cameroon. That's. I think that he realized I don't want to just be a puncher. I want to be an actual fighter. So I think that he started taking everything more legit and he started actually working and he got himself. I think, I think he looks like a totally different fighter than the guy who fought Stipe the first time. Yeah. He, I think he's going to come in swinging. There's no doubt about that first fight. I think it was more of a, I'm here. I'm finally here. Like I I can kind of lay back and now he was being safe. Now he's realizing, you know what? I can dominate everyone in this division. Now I want to come out swinging. Well, this, that was also, I think, Stipe, I don't know how, but Stipe ate some big shots in that first Stipe fight. can eat punches like no other. Like I, I don't know how some of those, like, and I even saw, you can kind of see it if you go back and watch the first fight. Which you look at the slow-mos. The slow-mos are hilarious, too, yeah. because his whole, like, face just Oh, these are, these are big shots, but I recommend going back and watching the first fight. And there's a couple punches that Nganu lands that hurt Stipe. But these are punches that would put out a normal man in, in any, any other situation. Even most of the heavyweight division, if you want to talk about it that way. Stipe is in a different class when it comes to even the, the top heavyweights. And you could see on Ngano's face just go, oh, shit. This guy that is punches. everything that I have. 
that is all of the power that I have in, to put into a punch. And he just ate that and kept coming at me. And now he's going to wrestle me. Stipe is I don't a, know if Stipe, I want to do this. Stipe is just built different. Stipe man. is a dog. He is. I'll claim I, Stipe as a Colorado guy before I claim Dillashank. I, I think I, I can confirmly or firmly say this after this fight, especially because I think Stipe wins. I'll talk about that a little bit. I think he is the greatest UFC heavyweight of all time. Because, look, what he's been able to do this division, go through every single dog this division has ever had and dominate for so long, I think Stipe is going to go go down as one of the greats. Oh, I think he's already there. He he, I mean, I there's an argument to be made that he can be, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, he can be put into the Hall of Fame while he's still an active fighter. That's something he has the resume. Let's just go back. The last time that he didn't fight for a title was January of 2016. That was against Andre Arlovsky, and he knocked him out in the first round. Everybody knows Andre Arlovsky if you're a big UFC fan. The Pitbull, he's still fun to watch because now he, all he does is come in and swing, and he shouldn't That's be fighting does, anymore. Yeah. But he, that was that was a good win. And then he beats Fabricio Verdum for the title, which at that time people were talking about Verdum as the greatest heavyweight of all time. Only guy to beat Fedor and then came in and beat Cain Velasquez and and dominated him in Mexico City. After that, it's all title fights. And then he beats Alistair Overeem, knocks him out in the first round. Beats Junior Dos Santos, knocks him out in the first round. Beats Ngano in a five-round unanimous decision, eating these massive just missiles coming from Francis Ngannou and beats him in a five-round unanimous decision. Has the hiccup against DC, but you can argue DC is one of the top UFC heavyweights of all time, too. DC is one of the top light heavyweights, slash heavyweights of all time. He only lost, basically, two men his whole career. Yeah, and then comes back, beats DC in the two matches following. So, I totally agree. I think Stipe is the greatest. I think he's the greatest heavyweight in the sport of all time. I think that yeah, I, like UFC all time, one hundred percent. I mean, like I, I think you can put him up against anybody in Pride. Well, uh, or well, when I say greatest in the UFC ever, that basically trumps it all. Yeah, like, that I, basically puts him above everyone else. When it comes to greatest heavyweight fighter of all time, I don't think he's up there yet. I think may, I think I think it's I think it's very tough to have him be over the Mike Tyson's or the um, Muhammad Ali's, but that's just a different just different. He doesn't have the same legend status as Mike Tyson, <clears throat> but I think that he's probably just more successful than than Tyson was. But I, I agree with Muhammad because just Ali did so many things Muhammad outside just, of the ring too. He's always going to be the greatest because he was the best in and out. That's um, just facts. But yeah, I've, The only I've, thing that worries me with Stipe is those shots that he took and then getting knocked out by DC. The, it was rip shots too. The, it was a st- I believe because I remember – DC hit him with some, with some kidney shots or hit him with some jabs down or in, in the stomach area that kind of rocked him. But, look, Ngannou's going to swing his head. Yeah, he's no. Coming, he's he's going to do what Thor did in Avengers Endgame. Spoiler alert, go for the head. <laughs> I'm I'm just thinking it's a Stipe who's now had two extra years of fighting since the last time he fought Ngannou and took those punches. And those punches had to take a toll on him at some point. How much longer can his chin hold up? And is his chin going to be able to hold up to Francis a second time? I think it is. I, I picked Stipe so to win. I don't know. I uh, think so, too. I just, look, because I want I want Stipe to win this. And then I want Stipe to beat John. And then I want him to retire. Yeah. So I think I think at that, at that point, he's done it all. I think he, then, then at that he point, looked, he's possibly in the conversation of greatest combat sports athlete of all time. time. And that, that includes Olympic wrestling. That includes a lot of things. And I think that... If that's the if that's the way he ends his career, 
that beating Francis be twice, being DC, and, being Francis twice, and then going through John. I think that's as good as it gets. We get that, and then after that, once he retires, we get John versus Ngannou. Yeah, and that also we're going to be fireworks. Because look, then the UFC is set in the heavyweight division. Because you can you can have Ngannou be your heavyweight of the future. Or you have John's John Jones be now listed as a as a double champ too. So that's yeah. it's a win win. I think Cipe carrying on legacy. I, I'm gonna go with Cipe as well because I love everything Cipe does, and I think he's just gonna be a damn good fighter for so much longer. There you go. That's our UFC 260 breakdown. So be sure to check that out. It'll be one of our clips on the YouTube channel if you're listening to this on the Unhinged Sports Network. Uh, so be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, the far end of the bench, and uh, ring the notification bell so you can keep up with the clips and everything going like that. But now let's get into our partnership segments. And I, I think that we're both bringing heat for this. We are bringing ones. a lot of heat. For there's sure. there's yeah. a lot of heat to be brought. So let's start off. What's Brewing presented by the High Alpine Brewing Company, our partners over in Gunnison. Uh, be sure to check them out. They're on Instagram and Twitter at High Alpine Brew. They're also on Facebook. Um, and go back and listen to the bonus episode we recorded from there. You want to start, or you want me to start for the what's brewing? I could start because my what's brewing is is something I didn't know about. We were recording the show when this happened, uh, but I just I just saw a post about this this week because I believe either Saturday or Sunday was World Down Syndrome Day, and I saw that Chris Nikic uh, or Nikic, I, I'm not sure the exact pronunciation, was the first person to ever complete an Ironman with Down syndrome. And I thought that was really cool. They, they posted about that. I believe it was on Saturday and seeing that video just brought chills to me. And as a, as a person that's, that's been around people with disabilities or knowing people around, around, around us that One have of had our that really good friends, friends have had, have had things yeah. or whatever it may be seeing stuff like that. just brings a smile to everyone's faces and it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're able to see people like that persevere through anything, it's, it's, Something's so cool to see. And that's, I mean, it's it's probably a terrible what's brewing. doesn't really fit at all. But considering I missed it last November, and I, I had to bring it up, and it was on my screen today, so I had to bring it up for my what's brewing. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw just a bonus. Uh, I'll skip ahead a little bit. Bonus what's on your screen. I've heard very good things about Love on the Spectrum. It's a show where people with Down syndrome or just disabilities. It's a reality show. I hate reality and, love shows, though, Jimmy. That's the only thing. But the thing that I've the good thing that I've heard about it is that they just have no filter and they're just so blunt with each other. It's like I'm not really having a good time on this date. Yeah, no, me neither. And oh, they just geez. walk away. <laughs> so I've heard good things. Check that out. It, uh, it, Fubo it, TV. Uh, what's on your screen for? The I bonus. can't stand The Bachelor, though, Jimmy. So if it's not like The that, Bachelor. Okay, no, <laughs> it is not anything like The Bachelor, and as this is not. A competition show it's just a show that follows these people who are on the spectrum somehow and they're looking for love okay you know what? i may be able to get into that on Maybe the that's that there's no binge. basketball yeah um, i'm gonna have to figure out something to do during the week without yeah. basketball no, I, I do i like that what's brewing and and i agree the the videos about the um about people like that are always kind of pretty uplifting definitely know? brings a tear to your eye yeah. like i can't i've definitely shed a tear watching it i'll be honest with you all right, uh, my what's brewing presented by the High, Al- High Alpine Brewing Company, Valdosta High School in Georgia. I don't. I obviously. I, you, have you ever heard of Valdosta High School? No, I have not. They're the one of the winningest football programs in high school football history. Over twenty-four state football championships in Georgia, and they have a record of nine hundred twenty-nine wins, two hundred thirty-five losses, and thirty-four ties all time. Uh, they had to put their coach on administrative leave because one of their rival school high schools boosters got fired and 
started blowing the whistle on some of their recruiting violations in the oh, SEC, man. and now their coach is placed on administrative leave. So while the rest of the world, like Boulder, like we talked about, had this big tragedy and everything going on, everybody's dealing with a pandemic, we have real-life varsity blues being played out here in the panhandle <laughs> in between Georgia oh, and Florida. Because Valdosta, I think I saw today, is like 20 minutes north of the Florida border. But that's the biggest thing that they're worried about. Their coach is on administrative leave because another booster – Started saying that they're buying Blew their the whistle. Yeah, they're blow. They're yeah. I really, buy, I got to figure out how to not say weird things on the uh, podcast. Yeah, we. we I do we some of them on purpose, it. but yeah, they definitely blew this out of proportion, and that's what they're worried about in Valdosta, Georgia. So if you don't want to deal with the pandemic anymore, go down there and pick a side against Coach Probst. Is the guy who got that's hilarious. Coach Rush Probst. That's hilarious, man. All right, that's my What's Brewing, presented by the High Alpine Brewing Company. Follow them at High Alpine Brew. All right, let's move on off the hinges. I'll I'll let you start because I have a very, very heated one. Oh, yeah? I'm going to come and firing. All right, my Off the Hinges, presented by the Unhinged Sports Network. Follow them on Twitter, at Network Unhinged. The Big Ten Conference is so difficult to defend. because Anything. It's... (laughs) I was doing it during football season. I said it a couple of times on it, on what the show formerly known as NFL Unhinged now cover six, that the Big Ten is the best football to be played. Better than the ACC, better than the SEC. And then this year, I was like, okay, I could, I, guess I say they're the best wrestling conference. That's a given, hands down, because yeah. it's Iowa, Penn State, and then 400 feet of crap, everything else. Yes, yeah. uh, then basketball i was like okay they got like i think i saw i counted it out today they had like four of the top they had two seeds they had all nine teams were ranked i believe five or higher yeah uh 10 or higher because maryland is in the big shoot yeah i forgot about but like i said they had plenty of opportunity to dominate and kind of show their worth and they didn't do it. And then in bowl season, they're like, oh, yeah, no, Ohio State's in the playoff. We're going to get to the championship, and then we're going to do something. And then, and then they go 5-3. and three. They had the fifth-best record oh, behind the Sun Belt, the Conference USA, and the AAC in bowl, in bowl games. The Big Ten has to figure out what they're doing. They're, they're first do of whatever all, wrestling is doing. First of all, let's, let's put this in perspective. The people running it in the football side are idiots. Yes. What they would them having the shortened season already and then not having them originally not play, those are idiots. The the Big Ten basketball commissioner, I will not give any slack to because he played basketball GCU, so I'm just going to put that out there. But the Ohio State, the, the the commissioner runs the Big Ten basketball. I don't know if this is a this is a conference problem or just a program's problem because they just seem to just have such high hopes every year. No matter the, for the, the tournament makes it seem like it's a conference problem. I bull, bull, bull season. You can kind of chalk it up as to matchups that you get put into. But even if you're going to talk about that in March madness, you had a one, two, one seeds in Michigan and Illinois. Illinois yep. Uh, I believe you had a two seed in Ohio, Ohio, State. Ohio state and then a few fours and, and five and a 10. Like there's plenty Gonzaga at one point was slated to have to go through four Big Ten teams to win the national and championship. They're not going to face one. No, they're unless uh, they have to go through Michigan, Michigan in the final yeah. four. Yeah, but that's it. I, I don't know. This it's was, you know, I, I I fully you'll you'll hear hear about them a little bit later from me as well. Man, let's go. Here we go. My off the hinges. NCA, get your shit together. Because what happened this weekend with the women's March Madness tournament was bullshit. Terrible, absolutely terrible. First of all, the biggest women's college sport 
I would argue this is basketball. I put it up right there with softball. Maybe you can actually I take it back. Gymnastics probably takes it all, but basketball is probably one or two. And th- you have the biggest tournament with 64 teams, same size as the men's tournament, and you can't even get more than a $20 gym set sent down to San Antonio. That is terrible. It didn't take until it took until people lost their lost their mind and be like, "What the hell are they doing?" And then you come out and say, "We didn't have the facilities. You had a full pack practice court, a full thing, and you could you, you only have one little small stack of dumbbells that I have at my own place. Like that's just terrible." Yeah, they bought the adjustable dumbbell set. You can go on Amazon and, like- and buy that exact rack for I believe like seventy dollars. It's terrible what they did. And then to go on top of that, the meals, they were eating carton, basically. And the men's teams, obviously, okay, first of all, don't get me wrong, men's men's tournament gets you more money. But the fact that you can't even give the women the same amount of respect to give them the facilities so that you can be like, you know what, we still believe in you guys, you're still a part of this, is terrible. Well, like, yeah. look, it's it's just not right. And then you have the gear that they sent. They got a drawstring bag, which they give out to sick. They give out to kids. I really, on the side I, of the road. I enjoy those in middle school. Yeah, they give out to kids on the side of the road. And the men's had fifty different stuff. Oh, like yeah. all I'm saying is just a little bit. Show a little bit of stuff. Like a little bit of warranty because. I have a friend who has who has a sister who's on the Stanford women's team. They're the number one team in the country. Probably gonna win it all. We'll talk about that later, Jan Van Guy Big. Shout out Jana. But that's just not right at all. And considering like you we 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 try to we try to get so far into we're we try to get people to where we are now where everyone is, is either created equal or everyone is treated as the same and we can't even tr- give a good enough weight room. For a major tournament, it's not like the whole tournament somewhere else. All sixty-four teams are in one place, and you only have a dumbbell rack. That's just blasphemous. Terrible, 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 terrible. Well, I mean, that's the point of Title Nine too. Is that the, yes, the men's basketball generates more revenue, ball, yeah. but Title Nine states that the revenue is going to be split evenly, and that was not the case. Not at all. Not, not equipment-wise, food-wise, swag-wise. They came out with excuses, and that's 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 what pissed me off more. Than oh, me. it's the excuses it, was what got me. You could have been like, you know what? That's on us. We we take the blame. We should not have done that, right? We were we had this in place because of this, this, and this. But you came out and said the facilities weren't there, and blah blah blah. When it obviously was. I, that's what pissed me off more than anything. I mean, if you want to look up, if you ever need something that you have to give an excuse for, just look up some NCAA press releases, and you'll find more. More than enough excuses, all ridiculous. Basically, the NCAA is the king of my dog ate my homework. They don't think of anything beforehand. It's, and they just the, see money on the table. They don't see humans. They, they are, see money on the table. I would argue that the NCAA is the biggest criminal organization in, in the country. Right there with the mafia. Right? No, not there. I, I don't want to say it because I'm trying to get a job for them. But the, the eight rings, that's pretty bad too. The 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 sport that's held every four years. That, I got that's you. pretty bad. No, too. I got you. But I'm saying like the NCAA is on board with the mafia because they own you. You can't make any money. They can make money. They make yeah. a fuck ton of money off. They make you. they make so much money. As a as a collegiate athlete, you sign a scholarship that is good for one year, but you have to carry your own medical insurance and if you get if somebody Somebody can donate money to the program to possibly buy you something, but if somebody gives you $20 to go down to McDonald's and pick up some food for the night so that you're not hungry, you will get kicked off the team and lose your scholarship and your chance for 
for any kind of academics. The NCAA is the most crooked organization that, that I can think of that is just allowed to exist because nobody's not going to watch in the NCAA. It's the NCAA March Madness tournament. People are not. It's not NCAA watch it, bowl yeah. season. You're not going to not watch. I get it. But if people understood, they treat them like humans at some point, and they're not. It, especially, especially what, like, women in sports. It, it's one to behold, man. Like, like, look, the men's brings in the the money, but what these women are still able to do is incredible. Because on the court, on gymnastics, um, whether it be in the field for softball, they still ball out, and not even giving them a little bit of respect. Is just ridiculous, and and like I said, the excuses is just what took it over the top for me. The excuses just is, is not it. I'll never stop you from slandering the NCAA. I'll, I I can happily do that all the time. Generally. I will I will never stop you from doing that. That's uh, that's off off the hinges presented by the Unhinged Sports Network. Follow them on Twitter at Network Unhinged. Now let's get to what's on our screen. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be a little bit different. Not, not like the last not, couple weeks. Well, yeah, not yours. <laughs> this is presented by Fubo TV at Fubo TV. Use the link in our bio for a free seven day trial. Uh, tons of different cable channels and no cable contract or cord. So that's a great thing about Fubo. My, I'll start because uh, actually I'll let you start since it's it's pretty much the same. It's the same. It's the March Madness tournament. More importantly, it's going to be the Michigan Florida State game because that game is going to be the best one of the weekend. But if I'm being biased, it's going to be you're going to be watching on football and you're going to be listening to us on Colorcast with the Syracuse Houston game on Saturday night and then Gonzaga Creighton on Sunday morning. So that's what's on my screen slash in my ears on Colorcast. Little. Slight jabs, slight connect there. <laughs> There's also a link to ColorCast in our bio at FEOTB Pod. And you use that to download it. helps out the Unhinged Sports Network. And then you get to help Nico and I move on because uh, there's, there's some pretty good prizes moving on in this ColorCast thing. Uh, what's on my screen this week? I took a couple weeks off, but i got to start watching some more film. There's a few uh, pro days that just happened. Alabama ha- is having one today, and I think they're having one next week. And then Zach Wilson's is coming up on this weekend, March 26th. Or BYU's. It's Zach Wilson's yeah. pro day. Wilson's pro day just yeah. held at BYU's campus. And I'm interested to see how that's going to go because I'm obviously I'm hearing the same things everybody else is. Zach Wilson's rocketing up draft boards. I really want to see if I can yeah, find I the really reason why. I really want to see him go one. I don't, oh, I, I don't know. I just want to see all the Jets. The Jets. Nobody, I really, I, I really want. If you want to see somebody have a joygasm, you would see dumb, my brother yeah. have a joygasm if Trevor Lawrence fell to the Jets. Um, yeah, that's what's on my screen. Presented by the Fu- presented by Fubo TV at Fubo TV. Uh, use the link in our bio. Set up a free trial. All right, we're rounding out the show here. So let's get into benchwarmer of the week. Uh, who's your benchwarmer of the week? My benchwarmer of the week is any t- conference with the word big in it. <laughs> that's the Big Twelve, the Big Ten, and the Big East. Because Georgetown got their cheeks clapped. They got their cheeks clapped. Big Ten. Sorry. Ha- like I said, Big Ten had nine teams in the tournament. Only have one left. Big 12 had, I think it was eight or seven teams, and they only have one left. It goes on and on and on. And then the Big East only has Creighton left, and they're going to lose Gonzaga. Yeah, I'm saying, yeah, Ooh. I'm calling Yeah, it screw out. you, Josh. I'm calling it now. Gonzaga's calling going out. over on Creighton. <laughs> but if your tournament has the word big in it, you are little, in my opinion. You can start calling you the little 12, the little 10, because you are not you are not the conference of champions, baby, like oh. the Pac-12. Oh. Yeah, I know that's that really cringeworthy. That I'm sorry. I watched too much Bill Walton commentary the past couple of weeks. The conference of You're champions, the, You and Bill Walton are the only ones watching Pac-12 basketball. While listening to the Grateful Dead. Yeah. There's a, <laughs> there's a lot of shit going on there. Um, my 
kind of plays into that. My bench warmer of the week was Ohio State basketball. It's just because they were the That's biggest easy, upset yeah. of the tournament. We didn't have a one versus sixteen, but we got a couple or just yeah. one two versus one versus two fifteen, and then we got I think we had a couple three versus fourteen. A couple three fourteen, yeah. Yeah. Texas, you're an honorable mention bench warmer of the week because that plus the horns down was, was big twelve good. baby, Oof. little twelve. Call it the little twelve. All the all these conferences are really good at wrestling, so it's really difficult for me to like hate on them the yeah, whole lot. Well, uh, big I can I can hate on the Big Twelve except for Northern Colorado's in that conference in wrestling. So there's those are the bench warmers of the week. Basically, Ohio State. Yeah, I'll just lump it all in as Ohio State because I know Jeremy will appreciate that, yeah. and I have an uncle who's a big Ohio State fan too. So yeah, Ohio State bench warmer of the week. All right, let's get into beats of the week. And uh, since we talked about the betting lines on the UFC, we're going to do a little bit shorter here, and we, we're kind of focused. So Nico did all March Madness. I did all prop bets for the UFC. Um, so I'll, I'll start with my two. My two, I have Syracuse beat Houston, uh, plus 220. Like I said, Buddy Buckets, get to know the name, ladies and gentlemen. And Syracuse, the 2-3 zone, Houston doesn't know what's ready for them. Mm-mm. So give me Syracuse beat Houston straight up at plus 220. And then I have Florida State to beat Michigan and hit the over of 145.5 points at plus 333. The over has been killing it all tournament. Mm-hmm. It is very – Other I mean, than the first round, right? Yeah, especially the first and second round, the like, over was hitting like no other. So keep with it. Um, it's because of Florida State and Michigan put up points like no other. So smash the over whenever you can unless, you're, unless you see a team possibly like Gonzaga, unless they're killing them. Because Gonzaga plays a little more defense because Mark Few's a good coach. Uh. But – Hit the over on this time, big time, and then FSU to win at plus 333. Life's too short to bet the under, so hit the uh, over on the tournament. I've hit a lot of wins on overs, I'll tell you that. That's I true. smashed the Iowa-Oregon over by 30 points. Like, they scored nearly 200 points. Yeah, they, it was 95 to 80, so that was a, was like a lot of points to be had. Yeah, 175. How about that, There we go. There you go. Uh, and I've watched I watched Nico win a couple of the overs as we were sitting here in between games. And for the Syracuse Houston game, be sure to listen to us while you're hopefully winning some money on that one. My beats of the week for the UFC: Miocic and Ganu to go the distance plus three sixty. I think that that's going to be the way that Cipe yeah. wins. I don't think that he's going to finish him. Uh, I would like a finish honestly, but I wouldn't mind seeing it. But plus three sixty is the best odds for him to win. And then uh, for him to win a decision. So if you go plus 360 for a fight to go to the distance and then Stipe to win by decisions plus 460, it's a good parlay-ish. Um, and then you can also put money on just him outright. He's plus 130. Just kind of you're p- compiling um, odds at that point. So those are – I think that's my favorite out of everybody. Other than that, I don't know enough about anybody else on the UFC card or I don't think the matchups are good enough to get a good return. So – yeah, if, if you're if you're just looking at things to bet for UFC on Saturday night, I would definitely just check out possibly the dis, the fight go the distance odds on each fight. The round if, props are where you make. Yeah, the a round lot of props your money. are gonna where you're gonna hit your money. I think in this weekend. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to play of the week. Play of the week. I'll start this one because I mentioned it earlier. John Morant was going. He jumped up, going towards the basket, and got a shitty lob. So then he stopped mid-flight. And basically it looked like he was in the Matrix, grabbed the ball, brought it back over here, windmilled it, and then dunked it. Probably not all that, but that's how I saw it in my head after I saw it the first time. But 
I don't know how he did that. Jim, Jimmy, I just want to I want to recognize something. It's bringing a tear to my eye. I got you so into basketball. Uh, the past, you are I, if I at the beginning of our show, there was not a single basketball play picked unless it, besides the Luka Doncic game winner a long time ago, but you are fully into basketball and I love it. Yeah. I love it cuz you are cuz look, these dudes can they got bunnies on bunnies. I love yeah. And the fact that you can do that. Superman's my favorite superhero. And he went full Superman where he was like flying towards the rim. Oh shit. I forgot something. Grab the ball (laughs) and threw it in. Yeah. Jaws built different too. Jaws. Yeah. No, the, the dunks where it's one of those dunks and I put it down. It's so nasty that it posterized nobody. Mm -hmm. Like nobody was under him, but it's somebody still got posterized because that's how dirty that dunk was. It's the same as uh, I think my the last one that I liked as much as this one was one of Blake Griffin's in Lob City, where he was so far up and away that he just yeah, threw oh, it. It, was over, it wasn't even it was a over, it was dunk. over Mozgov. Yeah, <laughs> but Knicks. he was up and just threw it down. It, that's how high he was. Yeah, if you if you want to go down a YouTube loophole, just search up Lob City highlights because Lob City Clippers between him and DeAndre Jordan, some of the most. Yeah, insane dunks you'll ever see in a game. Switch that back and forth with Zion's high school dunk tape, oh, and it just, you'll have a great night. Other, yeah, uh, for my play leak, I'm going a little unconventional here. I'm gonna pick Loyola Chicago's last two free throw attempts because hear me out. I only had I can only pick one play, and I feel like it's unfair by picking multiple. But they sunk ten free throws in a row when Illinois was trying to crawl back in the game and they sealed it by knocking down free throws and, and finishing them off. That's old school. That's that's what we call old school, <laughs> old fashioned Damn. beat you where it hurts. Cause they didn't score within the last, I believe it was last three and a half minutes. I got, they didn't have a field goal. Hmm. They only had free throws and they made every single one. So that's, I mean, look, it's, it's not pretty. Okay, we almost we, we got to ha- start having a sign like they have in factories like so many days since an accident. So many days since some technical difficulties for the far end of the bench. It's been a minute since we had a bad well, one. Yeah, plus uh, just the regular episodes plus the bonus episodes. It was yeah, like we've been pretty 15 solid, episodes yeah. without a technical difficulty. and then uh, We usually have the GoPro losing its mind or we have something just stupid just happening. Yeah. So uh, luckily it was only the, the, the recorder ba- yeah, battery just, dying. Just forgot the batteries in the recorder. But uh, – yeah, so we were finishing out. I think we did. We hadn't. You did your. Did you do your player? Yeah, of the week? we talked about the player of the week. Yeah, just the player of the week. The, we the, hadn't the fr- got to the player. Yeah, we haven't got yet. to the player of the week. But yeah, my player of the week just remind everyone: Loyola Chicago game winning free throws, making ten in a row with four minutes left. Still nuts. Yeah, like like put away a team like that that easily from the line. Sister Jean was praying for all those balls to go in. Wow, that's. Not, oh not my great, god! Not that is a terrible. I can't believe that just came out of my mouth. <laughs> All those basketballs be put in the hoop. Sorry, that's a lot cleaner with Sister Jean. I apologize, Sister Jean. I apologize. <laughs> Hail Mary, full of grace. Yeah, just, that was the. That was very bad. I, I saw apologize. That going off the rails, and I couldn't stop you before it happened. Um, all right, let's go to Player of the Week, and I'll have you do Player of the Week first because I want. Uh, my player of the week, I, I kind of wanted to give a little bit more attention to. So yeah, my, my player of the week, Buddy Buckets. Drop, drop 30 um, in, in this, or in this th- round of 32 against West Virginia. Balled out in that, and then he came in and, and knocked off, I believe. Oh, I can't remember the sixth seed. But he came in and balled out in the first round as well. And like I said, Buddy Buckets, is he's probably my favorite player of the tournament now, now that Garza's gone. And now Cade's gone, I would probably say Jalen Suggs maybe. I can throw him in that conversation. But Buddy Buckets is, is – the dude is what I have always wanted to be as a basketball player, a lethal shooter and a big man. 
The dude is like, I think he's like six eight. He's like he he plays like a three four position, and the dude can knock down knock down shots like no other. And as a guy that's not as tall or was tall at one point for his grade, and that can, that loves shooting the ball, that's that's the perfect player I like watching. Yeah, that's uh, they beat San Diego State and then uh, West Virginia in mm-hmm. the round of thirty two. So. We'll be calling that game on Colorcast. So, like we like we said, tune in Saturday night for Houston and the Qs for Buddy Buckets. My player of the week goes back to the wrestling tournament, and I just wanted to to talk about Spencer Lee. Did you see anything? Did have you did you catch any of his post match? That was was that the Stanford guy? No, no, no. no, no. This guy. Spencer Lee's from Iowa. He's a three time national champion now, um, and one of the best, just one of the best hands down wrestlers that I think. Every single year, he can go into a tournament and beat everybody pound for pound, except for the heavyweights, probably. Uh, but he was 12 and 0 on the season, and he had a hundred percent bonus point percentage, which means that he's beating his opponents by seven or more, and that's a lot of pinfalls and a lot of tech falls, which is getting ahead by 15. Uh, and he did that without an ACL, and nobody knew that he had torn. Oh, I do remember that. He, he that. said, "If you want to go back, let's look up Spencer Lee post match interview." But he, his I think I remember the quote, and it was, and this was my toughest tournament of the of the year so far, because I didn't have an ACL, but I didn't tell anybody because f excuses. Excuses are for pussies. He was. I'm pretty sure it was the exact quote. Excuses are for wusses. F excuses. He hates it. He was getting pissed. Like he had just won the national national championship championship. on no ACLs, and the team won a national championship, which was his main goal when he first came to Iowa. He wanted to win them their first team title since 2011, and they did it. He's pissed off. He's like, I love it. I no, love man. That. Like, wrestlers are different. Wrestlers are just different. I love it. That's awesome. Because, man, one of the best things I feel like about watching all the March Madness stuff was the interviews. Yeah. Because the interviews were oh, so well, much fun. AJ Ferrari kind of took it to another level. Oh, the, 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 the oh, yeah. yeah. Like, they came in the whole Rick, the whole Macho Man. 665 pound deadlift. Yeah. Let's go win a national championship tomorrow, baby. I, I love that, man. Look, giving wrestlers He did it, by the way. He won a national championship. They got they gotta let more people do that or more people like they gotta football players have that I mean they give them interviews, but like let them express themselves like that because that's just that was just so much fun. I don't know. The best part about that whole tournament and that whole AJ Ferrari situation was uh he threw his headgear so one of the first rounds he threw his headgear into the crowd and there's team points in the wrestling tournament. Throwing your headgear into the crowd takes away a team point. And they were in the team race. So then John Smith, who's one of the greatest wrestlers in American Olympic history, I don't think he surrendered a point in international competition, uh, sees him win. And Ferrari always does the most muscular flex and then the double bicep. And as he's going for the most muscular, John Smith comes by and just swipes the headgear. Right before he does the flex. So it just comes in. You see him go down for the flex, and John Smith's old ass just goes right through the camera, grabs the headgear, and keeps walking, and then he finishes his flex. But I was like, "That's he, a smart that's, man." He's been coaching a while. He knows. He like, knows that he knows headgear, his wrestlers. We're going up into the stands. He's like, "I'm not losing another team point for your ass." That's funny, dude. I did not know that. That's hilarious. That's, uh, it was one of the better moments of the weekend. But AJ Ferrari, I think, was probably the the personality of the weekend, especially for wrestling. Who would have thought that in the weekend of March Madness, the first weekend of March Madness. The best interviews 100% came from the wrestling. Well, because, look, between the, the guy wearing the Bring Stanford, or Bring Stanford Wrestling yeah. back, the, the no ACL guy, the I'm jacked up on steroids guy. The, I'm all I, jacked up on Mountain the, Dew. The, the I drink, drink Mountain Dew constantly. The I mean, it, it was just straight comedical. I, I, that's what I love about college 
interviews, sports yeah. interviews, because those dudes just they're kids. They like having fun. Like yeah, I mean, even going back to football season, the uh, the Indiana head coach, which I can't. Tom remember. Allen. Tom there Allen. You know. they, they, I'll remember that yeah, name forever because Indiana is a football school. After I think they beat Michigan State and all the Indiana kids coming up, this is the best coach in the country. Recruits, you got to come play for him. Like college interviews, just have more passion. Yeah. Because, because like the, the, those kids just like having fun. It's just different. It's just different. That's all I'm saying. It's just better. That's what I really think. But I, I think if we can take one thing away from this episode out of everything, it's F excuses. F excuses. And excuses are for wussies. And now I'm going to go tear both my ACLs and then give a very pissed off gonna, speech. And I'm going to play basketball this Thursday with a broken neck. <laughs> with a broken freaking neck. <laughs> Probably not. Because if we, uh, if we, we get to. up by, well, let's, probably not going to. Well, but. <clears throat> let's set a point total that we have to get to, like a deficit. We're, we're going to try to get you in the first yeah, game. Yeah, but but let's set what's a what's a fair lead that we can get out to. Got to be like up by like twenty with like five minutes left. I thought that you, because I was going to have to set it really high. I don't want to go in. I thought. That oh, you I, were gonna, I want to get you in. Yeah, because because so, I'm because I'm because I don't know what our bra- our seating is right now. I was thinking like. I'll, I'll set it at 13 because I do think that the team can get up by 13. I don't want it to be impossible, but if, if we, if we have to play in the first game because we didn't get the three seed, which I think we did. I'm, I'm not positive. They haven't come out with yet, but I think we got the three seed, which means we only have to play two games if we win. But if we, if we get seed as a four seed, then we have to play three games if we keep winning and that's going to be murder. But that first game will probably murder the team that we play. So okay. let's set it at 13. If we get up by 13, I'm eligible to go in. If okay. not, uh, I'm not. Second half though, because we gotta remember, because we've blown a lot of leads. Pause on that, but we've blown a lot. Well, okay, uh, but that's that's coming up. So if yeah, look on Thursday because we'll, we'll Jimmy will Instagram live it. Yeah, and then F E O T B pod. And then we'll also have the end of the season highlights probably here in the next couple weeks too to check out. Hopefully, we have some highlights to put on there. Oh, yeah, yeah, hopefully some highlights because the last couple weeks I got a lot of slack for the mid season because like man, you had to put that clip on there. I was like, that's all the clips that we had. Yeah, well, there'll be there'll be some more I think hopefully, but we like we said we're it's gonna be a lot of fun Thursday. It's gonna be competitive. I'm We're hope, trying. I, well, I hope we make the championship. Probably going to get run by a team that Mercy rolled us twice already this season. But hopefully we can shock the world, baby. Oral Roberts – Part two, baby. Oh boy! All right, that's we're actually getting... more like Syracuse because we were on the two-three zone. The hell out of that. Yeah, we do run a lot of two-three zone. Uh, the the rails are coming off, so let's go ahead and, and wrap this episode up. This is episode thirty-three of the far end of the bench. Jimmy Pilato, Nico Bryant. Be sure to follow us on our social medias at FEOTB Pod. You can catch the premieres of our episodes every Wednesday on the Unhinged Sports Network, unhingedsn.airtime.pro, one to three p.m. Eastern time, and then everything is available on demand right after. Um, on all the different podcasting platforms. We release clips on our YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe there, the far end of the bench. Ring the notification bell, but we have clips coming Thursday mornings, uh, Friday mornings, no, Thursday mornings, Saturday mornings, and then center of attention is Monday mornings. Uh, but that's where we'll post the highlights and then Jonah's views from the bench when we have more of those. Probably be back with that next week. Yeah, so, be so there's, look out for there's that. a lot of stuff coming on the YouTube channel. Be sure to follow us on all of our platforms and subscribe. Leave a rating and a review on your podcasting app. Because that actually is the easiest way to help us grow and, and get us more along the lines in the algorithm um, for the podcasting app. So that's really helpful uh, as far and also following along with our social media accounts and everything like that. Yeah, still have merch too. Be sure to check out our, if you're interested in a blue shirt still, still have a few left. 
message us for that and then also the unhinged shop as well it's clash it's clash of unhinged week too as well mm -hmm. so not only continue i mean i hope you enjoyed this episode oh we're dominating clash of unhinged. yeah we are, we are dominating and we want to keep working all of our teams we have a great group of guys um a lot of the shows we picked for a reason mm -hmm. um and, and you'll be able to hear a couple of our shows coming up after us i think uh coach steve's right after so, us the coach so steve show and then that. the reserves is a little bit later, later on today yeah. main event marks is uh 7 p.m. Eastern today. Yeah, so check out all those too, because like I said, we're we're having a lot of fun with the network. We have a lot of good shows on our teams, on our team, excuse me, and we wanna we wanna go eight zero. Oh yeah, we wanna go eight zero. So trying to win every matchup because we're just competitive like that. We're just that greedy. But with that, this has been Far End of the Bench, episode thirty three for myself, Jimmy Pilato, my co-host Nico Bryant. We will see you guys next week. Peace. When the night is cold and lonely. This is a dollar bill beat. Was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them prices, I made it a habit. Towing them pistols and serving them addicts. That was exciting to me. I'm so excited to be. Started with nothing, we had to inspire to be. Out of physics, I'm getting me. I'm getting to it. Feel like the man, I got the plan. I call the shooters, they out with the van. Play with the squad, get piled like a sand. Piled like a perk, I'm going here. I'm going crazy, I'm yeah, we sticking up for nigga. Like that music, I look a sand. I'm in the kitchen, compressing the bird. Take out a nine and I